With the players under the Friday night lights and the fans back and ready to get rowdy, Islanders football is back, this time against new foe, Auburn Riverside. Now road on the middle, he's going to have to hand off face, he's going to look downfield, he's got a jack turn over the end zone, it's caught! Touchdown, Islanders, oh my M.I. With a set QB1 and a strong receiving core, M.I. looks to strike quick and often. Okay, take this out, taking the handoff, he's going to look deep, he's got... He's going to go to the end zone. He's got Jack Turner. Jack Turner. With difference makers all over the field, expect an outburst of highlight plays and scoring. Sam Wellgrim. Oh, Chris, give oh, me a break. Oh, my, am I. What kind of instant classic will the Islanders turn out tonight? The snap is high. The snap is down. The kick is up. The kick is good. A Mercer Island miracle. With zero seconds left on the game clock. The Islanders are ready to flip the switch. Welcome into the jungle, folks. Two high-flying teams, one winner. You're listening to Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. And we are back. Last year, nothing about high school football on Friday nights was recognizable. Recognizable. Players were wearing masks on the field, and MI football fans were watching and listening to the game at home or in their cars. For away games, we on 88.9 The Bridge were broadcasting on a television screen at the high school. Tonight, that all changes. Alongside Scott Pirak, McLean Hopkins, and Andrew I am Gabe Cosman, and we have a nearly packed house here tonight at the Jungle with the opening game of the 2021 Mercer Island Islanders football team, something we haven't seen in two full years. All fans are masked at the game, but as we continue to fight against this pandemic, some of our favorite things are coming back to life. All these players were at school this week with all of their classmates, not on Zoom classes, thankfully. And as for the students, we are all fired up after our first in-person assembly in a long time kicked off the weekend. And the Islanders are back for a chance to open up their season 1-0 against the mighty Auburn Riverside Ravens. A non-district game is this first one. Also a reminder that you can stream this game on the NFHS network if you want to watch as you listen along. Also the MI. HS newspaper is going to be live tweeting this game as well, so you can follow along there. And we have a roving crew here tonight, but I am first joined by Scott Pirak and Andrew Pearson. Scott, let me start with you to open up the season. Last season, we went on and on about how many of the top players on this Islanders team were juniors, and they were getting their first in-game action on varsity. Now, those players are veterans returning uh, on the varsity squad, including quarterback Eli Fahey. How does last season where the Islanders went 2-2, two and two, help this now veteran team moving forward? Well, I think the biggest thing is they're used to the scheme. When I interviewed Eli Fahey, who's the starting quarterback, and Nick Chitalis, one of the starting corners, they really talked about how they've kind of grown into the offense and defense. So going to your question, junior year, you know, their first time on varsity, a little stressful. Now, according to Eli, as, I, as he said, I am ready to go. There is nothing stopping me, which is why in our interview, he thinks he's going to go for over 1,000 yards this season through the air. Yeah, you'll be here in the interview at halftime. Scott talked to Nick Chitalis and Eli Fahey. It's a great so make sure you stick around then. And Andrew, I'll get to you after this 
opening kickoff of the fall 2021 Mercer Island season because we already had some action in the spring. And here goes Samir Lumba, a star kicker now for this Islander squad, kicks it deep and the ball tumbles all the way down to the 10-yard line before a Raven can pick the ball up. He's going across the 10, now across the 15, making some men miss just across the 20 and he gets bounced out of bounds on the near side at the 21-yard line. That was number nine there, Thaddeus. Here we go for the first time. Umi Tuatoa. That's going to be a name you hear a lot. Not amazing for us broadcasters, but great for the Auburn Riverside Ravens because he's a star for their team. Now, Andrew, going to you, we saw some key players leave this Islanders team as the defense will start in their all-maroon jerseys. Uh, some due to injury, some who were seniors, or some moving on to other places. How do the Islanders look to fill the void of players like Derek Osmond, Ryan Dallas, Samuel Gilchrist, Cole Drayton, Jack Rowe, and many other against this Auburn Riverside team as we see the first snap going to Umi Tuatoa. Again, he's going to get across the 30, bounces inside, and gets hit hard on the first scrimmage play of the game. Andrew, how is this team going to bounce back from all those losses from last year? Well, Gabe, I think what it mostly is a lot of the younger incumbent talent stepping up into their leadership roles, growing a year older, understanding that this season is for all the marbles. This is their senior year. This is their last chance to make a stamp on this football team and on this school. And uh, filling in that void, you need that talent to come back up and really just be able to perform at a high level. The quarterback for this Auburn Riverside squad is Peyton Akaturo, and he's going to hand it off once again to Umitu Atoa. Yeah, and you just see two great running plays to start off the day here for Riverside. Uh, Th- Thaddeus, here we go. Here's my here's my shot at trying it. Tuatoa, um, he he is this massive guy. Okay, he is a 5'9", 170, 170 running back. He is a bowling ball up the middle of the field. You're going to see him be a major focal point for this Ravens offense. Andrew Butler gets a quick screen pass, bounces over the 50, and that's going to be a first down for the Ravens. But hold on, we got our first flag of the season. Andrew Butler there, a senior, 5'11", 150 pounds. We'll see what the flag is here. And um, before we get too far in this game, Andrew and Scott, I want to hear your pick to, picks to click because we do it every game. It's a tradition here. One player on the Islanders that you think can really stand out here? Well, I guess I'll be taking the easy pick here. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, I do think Eli Fahey is going to finally explode and have his wonderful breakout season this year. Uh, he, he sounds like he's ready. He's, uh, he's got it mentally, but he's also got it there physically. He's a very athletic quarterback that knows how to extend plays, and he's got a solid arm too. Umi Tuatoa takes the outside handoff, bouncing through tacklers, tumbling and gets nine yards there on that second down and 12 carry. They'll make it a third down and one. The flag on the play was against the Ravens, so that makes it a third down and two to go. Scott, can you tell me a little bit more about this Ravens team, this Auburn Riverside Ravens squad, because we don't know a lot about him, a lot about them here at Mercer Island. We haven't played them in a while. What are you looking for from this team as they have a third down and two? Well, first off, they have a very high-powered offense. Last year, they lost their last game 58-55. to That tells you a lot about their volume. An outside pass there on third down, almost intercepted there by number two. That's Nick Chitalis, and wow, Scott, you look upset. Is that because you're going to pick him? Nick told me he was going to get over five interceptions on the oh. year. That would have been the first one. But 
going back to my point, this offense is very high-powered. They are very balanced in that they like to run the ball, but as we saw there, they will go in the shotgun, four receivers wide, and they'll use that on the defensive side. They love to run a man-press defense, which can be great for Eli with the speedy receivers in Jack Derner and Gary Rogan. Agaturo taking a snap, handing it off on a fourth down and two to Umi Tuatoa, and he gets enough for the first down, just barreling forward there, and that's really all he needs. Like Andrew mentioned, he's a he's a big guy, can lean forward and gets enough for the first down. 58-55 was the last final score. It is absolutely crazy. You have to keep on mentioning that throughout the night because this Auburn Riverside team and their white jerseys and teal helmets is just really high-powered on offense. And I'd like to add on the defense uh, at Mitchell Fisher, I mean, already at four tackles, he runs the dog position, which is what we in the NFL modern day have Jamal Adams. It's mm-hmm. a safety linebacker who really is everywhere on the field. Akaturo this time, another screen pass, number 13, Jace Villers, makes a man miss and stumbles out of bounds after only three yards there on that 7-10. And you're really seeing this Ravens offense already get going. They got big fat up back there at the running back position with massive guy on the offensive line. Just several over six foot kids who are over 200 pounds. They got the meat up front to get the running game started and get the tone set. Not only that, but they have a quarterback who can get the ball into his receiver's hands to make plays, and you're seeing them attack the sides of the field. Here goes Akaturo rolling to his left, throwing it, finds a man open. That's number 11 there, Carter Rooms, and Rooms on the second down and eight. And once again, Mitchell Fisher on the tackle, his fifth tackle of the day so far already. So really showing why he gets one of the only three dog positions on the team. He's able to be everywhere on the field and can be a great player. Third down here. This Islanders fan base is is getting riled up. It's their first time. Really, everyone can be here with their friends. The concession stands are open. It really feels like football is back as Akaturo takes the shotgun snap, drops back to throw. Fires it, and it is intercepted, going the other way. Number four, that's Alex Espinoza, getting across the 30, down to the 20. Espinoza, what a way to start the season. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Islanders. Oh, my, am I a defensive touchdown the way we started off. Are you kidding me? It was absolutely beautiful, guys, and I love to see this out of our defenders. Alex Espinoza, he was able to really utilize his football smarts, his zone coverage instincts, and just hung in that hook zone, waiting for the ball to come to the flats like it has the past couple of times the Ravens have thrown the ball. He was able to read the quarterback's eyes, look at the pass, get get the pick, and was just able to run down the left side of the field. Wow, Espinoza, he bobbled it at first. He was running 10 yards before he grasped it, and then... He took it the distance. Espinosa, Scott, he, he was fast on that one. Yeah, and a great play and great design by Ed Schlesinger. You could see Garrett Rogan come on a free blitz, cause the quarterback to scramble just a little bit, throw up a little rainbow pass, and Espinosa said, I want, Scott, I want to start the Sorry to interrupt. I'm glad you went, you went right through that with that commentary because Samir Lumbo is up for the extra point, and no doubt what he's going to do. He's a four-star recruit. He is... Arguably this, the best player on this Islanders team. Obviously famous last year for that game-winning kick against Sammamish that everyone went wild Not about. Not just a game-winning kick, the kick. Yeah, he, Samir the Savior is what he's known for now. And he uh, kicks the extra point, makes it 7-0 with 8.05 to go in this first quarter if you're just joining us here on 88.9 The Bridge. And I'd like to add on, Gabe, something that when we were up here last year is totally different. I mean, when Alex picked off the ball, you saw the whole crowd go crazy. Yeah. We did not get to see that last year, and I think 
we can see the energy. All the players are yeah, running they're to getting the excited. And that, I mean, that's the key in high school football. A lot of these players have kind of the same skill, talent, and they share the same assets and qualities. It's who can bring the most energy to the game. And I saw Cole Drayton, who, who can't play for this game, he, when, when they got that pick six, he ran to the student section and went crazy. So everyone is, is getting involved, and it's an exciting time right now for the Islanders. And we haven't even seen the offense out there. It's already 7-0. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a really great defensive call by Sledginger. Uh, not, only, not only did Espinosa make the play, but I'd also like to build off what we were saying earlier about Chitalis. Um, he made an amazing pass on that first drive. Just quick, quick twitch athleticism to be able to cover those flat. Um, you're you're going to see the Ravens attack that spot a lot, and we, we have the athletes to deal with it. Butler takes the kickoff here now and gets it to the 25-yard line before being brought down. So that's going to bring up the second possession for Mercer, or excuse me, for Auburn Riverside. And we'll see if, if Akaturo can bounce back because after throwing a pick six like that, how does that hurt your confidence, Andrew? Oh, it, it just, it, it's just not the way you want to start out a game. Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, you, you see to the, say it nicely. <laughs> oh, just, just to say it nicely. I mean, you can see the Ravens' philosophy just being the ground-and-pound kind of deal. Uh, they go right back yep. to it. Down the middle, a freight train. That's Thad. Thad the lad, is that what you call it big, before the game? Big Thad, man. I mean, he, he's getting a heavy workload. I mean, you, you are winning on the line, like the Ravens are currently doing right now. And th this is probably the, the most notable part of their team right now. When you have a running back who can take advantage of a big offensive line, you can have the, you have the ability to control the game better and get, get Akatura to settle on. Umi Tuatoa takes it again, juking, spinning across the 35. He's got running room, and he's going to take this maybe all the way, running across the 20, past the 10, and what a response right away by the Ravens. And they answer 7-6 with 7.29 left to go in this first quarter. I'm getting deja vu. 58-55 last time this Auburn Riverside team played. And we can see we, we might see 80-76. to 76. Who knows with this one? Because there's a lot of scoring early. And, Andrew, you called it there. Their first play, they threw a pick six. They said, we're not even going to throw it. Just run it with, with Thaddeus Umituatoa. And, yeah. and he'll, he'll lead them probably for the rest of this game, heavy on the run. Oh, they'll be calling number nine the entire game. He's going to take control and get the quarterback settled down. And you're, you're going to see a, definitely a, a shift. You, we've already seen kind of the, the mood shift here in the stadium already on that play. Yeah, and I think, I mean, why not give it to Atoa when we've seen it on film and now we get to see it live. The skill set he possesses, being on a truck, a spin move yeah. and another juke move all in one play that's what you get when this when you play this Auburn Riverside team which is why they're putting up 58 points in games and that's going to be something the Islanders just have to go obviously they have a little bit of a depleted roster right now they are plagued with injuries and so they're kind of having some of the backups have to play and those guys are really going to have to come together as a core especially the linebackers and huddle up now and say okay we gave up this one play how do we fix it? On the bright side, at least we see Eli Fahey now finally getting it warmed up on the sideline. He's going to be coming into the game for the first time of his senior season, along with this, the rest of this offense. Andrew and Scott, we've got some, some high-level 
talent on this offense. We're going to see Xander Peck for the first time. He's a new player on the football team. I bet a lot of his friends recruited him. He's going to be a slot receiver. Chase Shavey is going to be a running back. We saw him a little bit last year, but now he's really going to be evolved into uh, the feature back for this Islanders team. Yeah, and Garrett Rogan, the returner, I'm pouring on him. He's <laughs> on track, and the reason why I bring that up, he actually won a few heats, so oh, yeah. we know he's, he's got, got the speed. speed. He's also a wide receiver on the team, so look out for this fast-paced Islanders offense. The kick, number 34, David Perez, going to be received by Rogan. He's right now on the end zone line, going to cross the 10, across the 15, trucks a man down to the 16-yard line, but that's where he's going to be stopped, and looks like the Ravens are calling a, th- a fumble there. They think they have the ball, and, well, they are incorrect because the Islanders are going to have it first and 10 from their own 16. Not the greatest field position. Andrew, for you, I know how big this is. We talk about it every game, but field position in high school football is so important with offenses not being, you know, you don't have Patrick Mahomes out there. Yeah. Field position, every yard counts a ton. So what is it? like for Eli Fahey now on, on this first drive he's at his own 16. Oh, it can be life and death for sure. I mean, when, when you get put in a, a really unfortunate position, you it puts so much pressure on these young quarterbacks to get the ball out of their hands. And the first play is a handoff down the middle out of the shotgun to Chase Shavey, and he's going to get maybe a yard there. So stiff defensive line play for... The Ravens. Yeah, and I think it'll, I think this will be a pass-heavy game. The reason why I say that, the main defensive tackle for this Auburn Riverside team is Cone Amua. He is 6'2 and 290 pounds. Whoa. Oh, no. So there is definitely an interior force for this Auburn Riverside team. So what's that mean? Eli, he compared himself to Kyle Murray last year. I expect him to be mobile, to say the least, in this game. Fahey in the shotgun. Shavy to his right. A quick pass on the outside. That's to Jack Durner. He gets his first reception. Across the 25. Juking down the middle. Across the 30. That's enough for a first down there. So a great quick pass to the playmaker, Jack Durner. We saw a lot of him last year. Had a lot of touchdowns, a lot of big plays. And he's Eli Fahey's most veteran target, really, on this team, on this offense. He's always confident when he talks with us. I saw him today in the halls. He was, he said, Gabe, to be honest with you, I'm feeling the nerves already. It was third period. He said those nerves are a good thing, and he's he's ready to go, and he gets a first down there on his first catch. And this is exactly what you want to see. Fahey getting getting the ball into his receiver's hands, letting the athletes just kind of work themselves down the field. It, it's going to be it's gonna be an efficient passing that from Fahey. Fahey keeping the ball here on this read option play, and he's going to go nowhere. The defensive line had everyone there, including, most notably, most visually, number 75, Kone Ama, who's 6'2", 290. Yeah, that's... There's, the, there's there, who you're there's, talking about. You couldn't see him there's already. There's my pick to click for <laughs> Auburn Riverside, to say the least. And, I mean, I think that's where it's going to have to be a pass-heavy game for the Islanders. I have to squint. <laughs> I have to squint for some numbers, not him. He, he, you can see him from a long way away. This defensive line is no joke. But this offensive line from Mercer Island... They've got a lot of talent as well. We'll see how that plays out going in the future. A quick pass here from Faye on the outside. He's got number 16 there for a completion. Davis Johnson, the junior, on second down, gets about three yards away from the first down marker. So we'll have a third down and three. And you like to see this from Fahey. He's going through his reads very well. He's pinpointing where the defense is weak, 
and he's getting it to his receivers on the, on the boundaries. And you're going to see this a lot. This is a great way to kind of neutral do, do your best to neutralize a defensive line, especially one as big and beefy as this one. <laughs> I mean, you, you, to get to get your ball onto the edges as fast as you possibly can, it, it's definitely an effective strategy, and it's gotten the gotten the Islanders down the field. Fahey, the senior, wipes his hands off on his shorts and makes a quick screen pass out to Garrett Rogan, number 11. Tries to juke inside, but a lot of white shirts there to take him down on the third down, and here comes the punt unit out. Headlined by, I believe, Tommy Frank, if I'm not mistaken. Well, last year we saw Cole as the punter. Yeah, Obviously, here he is. Cole is out for this game, so that will change up the unit. As we said, this team is facing a lot of injuries currently. Tommy talked to me about this. He, he is ready to be a punter. He said... He he plays soccer. He's a multiple multiple sport athlete. He plays lacrosse, so he can do a lot of things in the football field. He's going to be the starting linebacker for this Islanders team, and now he's getting ready to take the snap for this punt on the 36-yard line of MI. A quick punt, booted away high into the clear sky. It's retrieved quickly by Umi Tuatoa, and he gets rocked immediately there by Nick Chitalis. There you go, Scott. We'll hear more from him at halftime, but he's been making a lot of plays early. Surprised Umi Tuatoa didn't fumble that. It was a hard hit. Good punt there by Frank, so maybe some, some jitters gone for him. Yeah, and I'll say the biggest thing for the offense that we noticed just even on that small first drive is that Eli's not going to have a lot of time in the pocket and to hand the ball off. We saw that one play. By the time Chase Shavey had the ball, he was tackled. And so I think that's going to lead to a lot of receiver screens. But it's also interesting to note they only have one safety, so that's something that the Islanders may kind of recognize and really go after first and 10 here for the Ravens seven all with 338 to go in this opening quarter the sun is setting it's a beautiful night here packed MI crowd for this opening game non-district against the Auburn Riverside Ravens who were one and three last year the Islanders were two and two and here goes a handoff right away on the left side to Umi Tuatoa he's scraping through the middle tackled by three Islanders before he finally gets brought down after eight yards there. Gabe, I hate to break it too, but that might have been more like nine defenders with yeah. <laughs> how hard it is to bring him down. Andrew. I mean, you you got a runaway freight train in the backfield. It, this is how the Mercer Island defense has to focus their game on. It is, comp- it is going to be the running game all day long. Now, what's unfortunate for them is that that's also going to set up rollouts here, which uh, the Ravens have already used previously to set up those runs. You see another yeah, one here. Yeah, here we go. Bootleg to the right. Akaturo throwing it long downfield, and it's going to be completed there over the head of an MI defender, finally dragged down at the 10-yard line, a 40-plus yard gain there on second down and one. And Chase Shavey makes the tackle there, number 13, Jace Villers, we saw him catch a screen pass earlier. He makes the reception for the Auburn Riverside Ravens, and now it's first down and 10 from the 10.1-yard line. Yeah, and we see Chaz Brotherton kind of limp off the field, so that would be something to look at as he is now the tight end one for this team. But, I mean, a beautifully thrown ball couldn't have been any more pinpoint. Andrew, you talked about it. That rollout could be big here for this Ravens offense. Now it's going to be right back to work here for Umi Tuatoa juking to the right, cutting back inside, and finally dragged down after a three- or four-yard gain there. It'll be second down and about six. And to kind of build off that previous shot play, uh, you're going to see this a lot in the NFL, especially with those Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan-styled offenses where you want to get the ball 
into into your running back's hands, set up the run as a threat, and then use play action and rollouts to get to get you know sort of moving pockets. For example, uh, when you do that, you take the linebackers out of the play and you focus on the deep shot. It seems uh, there's going to be a timeout yeah. here, but we're not going to go anywhere. Andrew, I want to ask you about this season in general because we know last year it was more we talked to the players about this it's more of like a warm-up even though for the seniors it was a big deal but it was only four games there was no playoffs nothing to look forward to this time around though we've got a full season on slate how do you think this team is kind of handling handling it differently this time (laughs) around you can tell it's the first game for me too as we've got a long way to go the anticipation has been huge for this Islanders squad. How do you think they're handling that pressure with a full season to go and potentially playoffs? I mean, for a lot of these kids, more this group of seniors especially, who's had to deal with adversity in terms of how we've been dealing with this pandemic, especially what it did to live sports. Uh, this is kind of for all the marbles, especially for these seniors who have had seasons robbed from them, have had an entire half of a season just deleted. This is their time to make a mark, and they need to step it up, step up their leadership, and be prepared for the moment. And I think that they used last season to do, used it as sort of a preseason of sorts. Akaturo in the shotgun. He's going to hand it off down the middle on a second and goal, and right into the end zone goes Thaddeus Umituatoa. That's his second touchdown on the ground so far in this first quarter. A minute 59 left now. The Ravens lead 13-7. to It was almost a formality at that point that Umi Tuatoa was going to take that one in. Yeah, and you talked about Umi Tuatoa. He's a two-star athlete, 120th ranked in Washington State. And Andrew, I think you and I agree, he may be moving up in the ranks yeah. after this game. Mc- McLean, our statistician, future broadcaster in about two minutes, just tapped me on the shoulder, pointed to the screen, 111 yards for Umi Tuatoa so far in this first quarter. That so is this, believable after those. Yeah, this guy is no joke. Runs. But thankfully, because of a Alex Espinoza pick six, we're sitting at 14 to seven. The Islanders will get the ball at half, which is still a long way to go. 159 in this first quarter, and Mercer Island will look to respond. Speaking of, I wanted to add this tidbit in that Eli Fahey, we had our assembly today that I talked about. He was in winning form already earlier. He won the musical chairs competition we had at the school. So <laughs> you'd think that, you know, he's feeling like he's a winner. He woke up he's on the right it. side of the bed. He's he, got the mentality of a winner, boys. Yeah, he's feeling like a winner tonight. And he actually got second place in Sharks and Minnows, too. He almost had a back-to-back. <laughs> hey, I, I could hear his teammates were saying, he's our quarterback. You can't make him run this much. He's, he's already got a lot of exercise in today through the Sharks and Minnows and, and the assembly, which was, you know, fun to go to. Exciting that we're back and just looking out on this crowd, there's flags waving. The sun is setting. It's really picture perfect here for Mercer Island. And we're going to see if they can respond and get a touchdown here on this drive to tie it up at 14. And, Andrew, I want to ask you, what do you think the Islanders have to do on this possession to really flip the script and not end at their own 16 but end in the end zone? Honestly, I think you need to get Chase Shavy involved. Not in the run game, because clearly that's not going to work. Yeah, the run game may be disappearing mm. very quickly. <laughs> but um, uh, as we see the kickoff here, uh, Rogan's going to go deep into the end. This time, wisely just let it bounce, and so Downs will, ha- will have it on the 20-yard line. But yeah, to answer your question, Scott, 
what I think the Islanders need to do, again, get Chase Shave involved, not in the run game, but using him out of the backfield as a receiver. I want him to run more angle routes. Uh, I want him to run, run more sprint out routes. Uh, and basically, use him in the way that the Saints use Alvin Kamara in the pass game. You're, you're going you're gonna to want to use Shavey's athleticism against the linebackers over the middle of the field in the short, in the short routes. Um, really get, get, get the ball in his hands through the pass game to sort of substitute for those short yardage runs. I saw him walking down. I called him Christian McCaffrey Jr. As he gets the handoff here on this first down, he goes nowhere. A loss of one there, but he can make a lot of plays on the outside. His brother, Luke Shavey, was... One of the best receivers we've seen in a long time here from Mercer Island. He was a speedster, a great kick returner as well. So, Shavy, one of the captains here for this team, is uh, is looking to have a, a bright season ahead. Yeah, I'd like to point out, as we Uh-oh. see a personal foul, and that may go to why I'm about to say this, you just saw Eli really go all emotion on these players and kind of tell them to focus up, you know, right. I mean, get into this- the game as... Now Eli's going to have very little space to operate. This team is no joke that they're playing against, this, this Auburn Riverside team. They are, they're ready to play, so Eli, Fahey, and his bunch have to get, get locked up. I'm sure that they're going to be ready soon. Still very early in this game, and really the Islanders have played very well. Great defense with that interception for a touchdown as Fahey starting his drive on the 16-yard line on the first possession now First and 10 on the 9-yard line. So, tough sledding here for this offense early. But let's see if Fahey, the senior quarterback, can get them out of this. Oh, to Durham down the middle. And it's going to be a completion for a first down right around the 20-yard line. So, a great play there. Fahey to Durham. We're going to see that connection a lot this season. I'd like to say great recognition by Eli Fahey. You could kind of see he did a pre-snap and... He saw the safety start creeping up, and what does that usually mean? Safety blitz, which we ended up seeing finding Derner on the slant open, getting eight yards, because I think we're not going to see a lot of the chunk plays besides maybe what we saw from the game with Alex Espinosa. We're not going to see the 40, 50-yard bombs in high school. It's the 8- to 10-yard plays. I've just been, I've just been uh, made aware that the, the Umi Tuatoa siblings, they've got two of them on this team, have a brother that plays for Montana State. He's 290. So they've got a, a lot of growing to do still. Yeah, still, still a lot of <laughs> space there. All and right. we'll see if, if he's that good now. We're going to see what he does later as Faye. He steps up in the pocket, rolls to his right, throws back across his body, a dangerous throw, and it looks like it's going to be intercepted there after it was tipped up in the middle of the field, and that's never a great sign if you're a quarterback and the ball will be going the other way at the 37-yard line of Mercer Island. So here come Peyton Akaturo and his team ready to try to score again and make it three touchdowns in the first quarter. We knew this offense was lethal, but this has been very impressive thus far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you get you get the defense here for the Ravens playing fast, playing as smart as they can, uh, has shut down Mercer Island on three straight drives, and now you get their offense out here who scored all, who, who has only not scored once, and that was that pick six, pick six drive, and uh, as we can see, play going on. A handoff down the middle to Umi Tuatoa. He gets eight yard there, so second down and one with 38 seconds left when counting in this opening quarter. Yeah, go for it. I was going to say, I mean, you can just see the aggressiveness of this Auburn Riverside team. 
getting out of the field. Monty Henry, he started blocking his hand coming off and continued to be a lead blocker for his running back. I mean, I think that paints the picture of what has happened so far in this first quarter. Riverside has won the line of scrimmage. That has allowed them to really be able to put up all these chunk plays. Akaturo has two receivers on the near side. One receiver up top. That is number 13, Villers. And, of course, Umi Tuatoa to his right. And they're not even going to take a snap there. That's going to end the first quarter of action here with the Auburn Riverside Ravens coming into the jungle here on opening night, putting up a statement, 14 points. But the Espinosa Express gave the Islanders seven to open it up. So we're going to see how this plays out here. Make sure you stay tuned here on 88.9 The Bridge. This is Pete Jones from Tiger Moth Tales. Tune in to Pat's Picks, the progressive hour, Sunday nights at 9 on KMIH-FM 88.9, The Bridge. Was that all right, Pat? It's Islanders football only on KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9, The Bridge. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. Long time no see as I am once again here joined by Scott Pirak. And this time we've got McLean Hopkins hopping into the booth here. He was watching the first quarter. McLean, what were your initial thoughts on how the Islanders opened it up down 14-7 with the Auburn Riverside Ravens knocking on the doorstep of their 20th point? Well, that score certainly made it look a lot closer than it was. The Islanders' only score of the day has come on a fluke pick six. Amazing defensive play, but not the kind of thing that this run-first uh, River uh, Ravens offense is going to give up a lot. Uh, it's It's been all Ravens for the first quarter. I'm amazed that Mercer Island is hanging around. <laughs> yeah, thankfully Alex Espinosa had a great play. that's one way to put it. And here goes Peyton Akaturo, a handoff down the middle, this time to Thyro Umituatoa, and he crosses across the field down to the 17-yard line. So the senior, he's going to take a quick break. His, his brother, who's 10 pounds heavier and 2 inches taller as a sophomore, will take it for a first down to the 17-yard line. So <laughs> good for Auburn Riverside. They've got uh, a Tuatoa Umi Tuatoa, brother, for, for many years to come. And I think the difference is if this is a touchdown or a field goal is can the linebackers find a way into the backfield? That has been the biggest problem so far. Here's a quick pass outside to Rooms, getting across the 10-yard line, dragged down at the 9 for a 8-yard gain there on 1st and 10, a screen pass on the left-hand side. And here comes number 65 for Mercer Island, the defensive tackle, checking in. And number 14, Nick Fuchs, also checking in. So we've got some, some younger players coming onto the field here, getting some action. As we know, this Islanders team has a bright future ahead this season and next season as well. Mercer Island inside the 10, backs against the wall. They're giving some bigger players a chance to come up off the bench. Akatura, a quick pass outside. That's number 13, Villers, getting across the 5-yard line, dragged down, twisted down at the 4-yard line. And it's going to make it a second and goal from the 4. And talk about timing, Nick Fuchs immediately comes in, first play, gets a tackle. And, I mean, that's what the Islanders are going to need, really. Players who can come in and get tackles, assisted tackles, and really be the aggressive ones and be the first to the ball and win those 50-50s. 
Definitely, definitely. Big uh, physical tackling DBs is something that's been uh, a, a mainstay in this Mercer Island defense. Thyro Umituatoa to the right of Akaturo. It's going to go to Umituatoa. Patiently waits for the open hole and then zips down the middle for another touchdown for the Auburn Riverside Ravens on the ground. That's three touchdowns for Umituatoa. Two of them for the older senior Thaddeus and one for Thyro there. So The brothers have combined they... <laughs> for 12 carries, 149 yards, and three scores on the ground. I'll take that line. Maybe if there was a glitch and I could get them both in fantasy on the same team, I would take that for sure. <laughs> As we see the extra point here by Perez knocks through, which 21-7. The Islanders with 10-20 left to go in this second quarter of play. Down a couple of scores. They're going to have to rip, rip out some big plays. Yeah. We need to see a few deep shots. Jack Turner, he's two targets, two, two catches. So maybe look for him, Xander Peck, even Garrett Rogan too. And Gabe and McLean, I know it's early. We're just starting the second quarter. But am I crazy to say that this is almost like a must-score drive? Because, I mean... We've seen... Uh, it's 10-20 the Auburn, in the second quarter. <laughs> but we've seen this Auburn-Riverside offense, which McLean, as you said, has already accumulated over 150 yards on the ground or around that. I mean, I almost feel like this they need some points possession. here, not just for themselves, but also to keep the fans in the game because... Yeah, get the confidence you, up. That's you need sure. to gain the confidence in the players and in the fans because they kind of work with each other. This, I would say that this is definitely a must-score possession. This Ravens offense will put the game out of reach uh, before you can like even look at the roster to figure out which running back is which ripping off. Which Umi it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, it's this get ugly pretty quickly. First round doesn't put points on the board here. But we know what they're capable of. We've seen it before. So we have seen. We've also seen this Auburn. We've also so. seen this Auburn Riverside Ravens team give up 58 points in their last outing. So this Islanders team has a lot of firepower. We're going to see what happens here as the. The Ravens are slapping their thighs on the opening. I've never seen anything like that, but they, they're like, it's like a ritual at this point on the kickoff, and Rogan takes it and just lets it go for a touchback there. So he get out, but the referee called it. Yeah, those opening kickoff rituals, I got to say, that's one of my favorite parts of <laughs> high school sports. It's something that you don't, you don't get to see it on Saturdays. I know no college would stand for that, but... You know, you, you're definitely not going to see it on Sundays. Roger Goodell is the, you know, <laughs> determined on making it the yeah, no fun no, league. But in high school, no fun in high school, you see that every day. I love kickoff rituals. My favorite part of high school football. The Islanders' offense is taking the field right now. It looks like Eli Fahey has the play. He's in the huddle. I think Mercer Island is going to open up with some short runs. Yeah, I want to see. If the Islanders will take it, we'll try to build up something for maybe a big play action pass as Fahey has Shavy to his left. The Swiss Army knife of this Islanders team. It's going to be a quick screen pass outside to Garrett Rogan. He's got speed. Gets across the 30-yard line. A very quick opening play there. A sneaky 11 yards for Rogan. And Scott, he can make something out of nothing there. Took him about one second to get the first down. And now he checks off the field. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a lot of that. The reason why Riverside is putting eight men in the box. They're really crying the box. I don't think they're very worried about the Islanders' run game. I think it's that they want to get to Fahey as fast as possible because they know, obviously, we've talked about how there's no Derek Osmond on this line. They have added pieces such as Griffin King. But at the end of the day, Riverside is a little bit of the, they're the more bigger team. 
And I think that's going to cause Fahey to really have to do two-step drops and release it. Fahey, another quick screen pass to the outside. It's going to be caught there by Derner. Makes one man miss. Crawls for even getting a gain of one yard there. He had to really stretch out for that to get positive yardage. Scott, I want to go back to something you mentioned. Griffin King, number 70, the sophomore. He's a superstar player for Mercer Island. Really feeling, filling in the shoes for Derek Osmond. I mean, that's impossible to do, but he he's a really good player, still young. He's got a long way to go. Yeah, Griffin King, only a sophomore. He actually was Derek Osmond's backup last year, so that speaks to how good he can be, and I think it's important because he was with him there, so he got to learn from one of the best players we've seen in a while. Fahey, four receivers out wide, another screen pass, that's three in a row, back to Rogan, cuts inside, makes a great move, here goes Rogan across the 50, down to the 44-yard line, a little shimmy there from Rogan, gets him in to Ravens territory, and wow, we've got an electric player on our hands, Scott Garrett Rogan. Yeah, but you get to see that track speed that he has, and obviously he's football first, but it speaks to him, and Obviously, one of those players that just needs, I mean, we saw it there, just a couple of inches to make a move, and he can be on a breakaway. Great job by Garrett, really making something out of what very easily could have been nothing. And those screen plays, when you can rip one of those off for a big gain, it's huge. Pull out the advanced stats. Eli's only thrown one ball more than 10 yards down the field, <laughs> but he's still 7 for 8 for 81 yards. Say he, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Another screen pass to Jack Derner this time, and looks like it's going to keep on being the, the theme of this drive as Derner gets eight yards there on first and ten, and here come the Islanders. You know, Auburn Riverside, they have the Umituatoa family, but the Islanders have screen passes, and this is going to be an exciting game going forward. Yeah, and I think they're noticing, as I talked about at the beginning, Riverside loves to run the man defense, and we're seeing it now because they're, they have two receivers stacked. They're getting the free block, and they're letting either Jack Derner or Garrett Rogan have a free alley and get really a one-on-one matchup. The screen Fahey, game kills. A quick handoff down the middle. It's going to be, we're going to have to see. It's very Chase close Shavey. to the first down marker. Chase Shavier. We're going to have to see. It's very, very close. That would bring up a third down and in, in inches, but we're, we're going to have to see. It could be enough for the first down. And With I, that, by the way, the Islanders' rushing game is finally in the green for the day. <laughs> positive yardage now. with the Positive yards with 8-0-3 in the second quarter, and I think there could be more positive yards here. Why? I think we could see one of my favorite plays in all of football. The read option. No, QB the QB sneak. sneak. The QB sneak is a play that is really underrated in all of football, but definitely high school. You, we you saw, never we saw lose yards. I've never seen lost Two years ago, we saw a, a team do only QB sneaks, and, and, they, and they score every time. Oh, looks like the Islanders are... Now he's a senior, so Eli Fahey, the hard count gets the defense to jump. And Fahey, you can tell he's proud of that one. I think that's a very honorable thing to do if you're, if you're a quarterback, get a man to jump off sides. Yeah, and I told you my favorite play. Well, that's my favorite call, offside on the defense. Yeah. Automatic I mean, first down. There, automatic first, first down, and Fahey, we may get to see some more screen passes, and who doesn't love it? <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The screen game is killing against those eight-man boxes that the Ravens keep putting up. And it's because in the past, Mercer Island has clung to the run game for, some would argue, too long, too late in games when being down big. But now they've gone for tendency breakers with the screen game, and it's killing. And it helps when you've got Eli Fahey at quarterback, as now it's a handoff down the middle. McCaffrey Jr., a.k.a. Chase Shavey, gets it for no gain there on the play. <laughs> it wears the same number. Yeah. I, you cannot tell the difference as a Ravens player is down a defensive lineman, so um, with that, 
We're not going to take a break. We're going to stay right here with 7.06 left to go here in this first half of play. The Ravens are up 21-7. to And, Scott, I want to ask you, if you're this Islanders defense, because we can say Mercer Island can score all they want. If, if they can get in the end zone, 21-14. But if they can't stop the, the Ravens' offense, which they've only done once on a pick six, how can they win this football game? So, obviously, defense is going to be really important going further in this game. How does the Islanders' defensive scheme need to change? I think they have to roll the dice and really they need to send all-out blitzes. They need to make it so they put their corners in vulnerable one-on-one man positions. But that's what you're going to have to do when, as McLean has talked about, they have 150 combined rushing yards. And I think first you have to figure out how to stop the run. And if you give up pass plays, I mean, it is high school. These quarterbacks are not the most accurate passers. You may be able to catch a break, as we saw at the beginning of the game when Alex Espinosa had. Quick the- throws are picked throws. I am in your camp. I think the Islanders need to be dialing up seven, eight-man grits blitzes. Uh, I've long advocated for more safety blitzes in this defense. I think that, you know, if you can force that quarterback to make quick throws, uh, you can your corners will make plays. Chris Holt for the Ravens was helped off. He looks to be okay. And this Auburn Riverside defense looks to be doing just fine here as a sack on second and 10 will push the Islanders all the way back to the 43-yard line. That's a 15-yard loss there on that second and 10 or maybe you know close to 15 yards so that's a huge play for the Ravens but talk about speed Eli didn't even have time to do a two-step drop back it almost looked like as soon as he got the ball he got hit and that is not a joke the and speed rush yeah, the we're, speed gonna, rush we're gonna see broken. so third down and and a lot <laughs> third down and um call that a country mile it's yeah. third and one two three twenty one yeah, that's a long At time. least. At least. They're down in 23, I'm going to go for. So we see, you know, a, a, a lot of short passes on this drive. When it's third down and 19, you're going to have to throw it deep. And here goes Faye in the shotgun looking way downfield. And it's going to be caught by Turner into the end zone. It's miraculous there with 544 in the half. The Islanders get a much-needed answer. Oh, my. Am I for the second time tonight as Turner finds Pater for the first time this season. And what a perfectly executed play. First off, you have to start with the O-line. Griffin King picking up the blindside rusher. Great job there. And then Eli putting it on perfection to Jack Derner just over the head of the defender who if he just underthrew that just a little, we would have been calling six for the other team. So that, is, that was an unbelievable uh, play there. And uh, Jack Derner is quickly, you know, uh, drawing the spotlight in this one. Five targets, five catches, 73 yards, and a score. This is a show he's putting on. Lumba Legend kicks it through for the extra point, 21-14. I, lo- I love the nicknames for Samir the Safia Lumba the Legend. I hope we get some more of those because it's warranted. If, he's I a think, four-star recruit. He's I think no, if the no Islanders joke. can continue to really get this passing game going with the short passes, and then as we see break a big one, big chunk, 40-yard play out, we may be seeing Samir more often. Listen, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if we start seeing Samir Lumba on Saturdays, who knows, potentially on Sundays, we better go back to high school where it all started and, and interview some of the people that, that grew up with him, you know? Maybe <laughs> we'll get involved. But Samir Lumba, he's been perfect so far, so good as advertised. 
And the Islanders, kudos to them. This has been a very exciting game. You know, I said 58-55 as the score of the last game, just as a little teaser to maybe get some high scoring. We might surpass that. It's 21-14, still 544 left to go in the half. And Lumba's going to kick it off and give Auburn Riverside Oh, sorry. Uh, their name changed to Thaddeus and Thyro uh, Umituatoa, and that's that's who they are now. Wow. Um, yeah, a little identity change. Okay. It changed right after that pick six. And, oh, we got a, maybe a surprise onside kick. It's rolling past the twenty and oh. goes out of bounds. Ooh, good try there. We haven't seen that in a while, but it dribbles past the thirty-yard line and hopelessly rolls for the Islanders, at least. Out of that play. onside kick, that was about as good of an onside kick as you could have asked for. Uh, Lumba kicked the top of the ball perfectly, got it to take that big skip so that it would hop over the first line of Raven defenders. The only uh, problem was Mercer Island wasn't fast enough. Uh, we're a couple of yards away when it went out of bounds. It was too good. Mercer Island couldn't get there quick enough. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's the right choice, even though it is only the second quarter with how dumb this Raven offense has been by flying. Got to try and steal this somehow. Exactly. A, a quick handoff here to Umi Tuatoa, and he gets dragged down, but not before getting a first down. Chase Shavey, the safety, that's what he was last year. That's what he's been very, very good at for the Islanders in his high school career. Yeah, I had the honor of being Chase Shavey's backup for this Islanders football squad. Must have learned a lot. Uh, let me tell you, I mean, it... It says more about me than him that he couldn't save my football career. But it was a pleasure learning under him. You know, I'd, I appreciate the game so much better. There's he's, a reason we're all in the games and not yeah. in the games. Yeah, but Chase, he's a great backup. And a quick screen here out to number 11. That's Rooms, and he's going to get enough for a first down, a first 10 now, all the way into Islanders territory. In under 30 seconds, they get across the full three-yard line. So here come the Ravens trying to respond. It's Rooms' second catch of the day. He's now got 18 yards. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is, I guess, what happens when Mercer Island, got, they started getting aggressive. Uh, I guess they were listening to me and Scott suggest that uh, they take more risks. But uh, the screen game proving effective for both sides here in this one. After the quarterback, shotgun. He's back with the pass. Flips the ball. Goes away field. And that's going to make it first and 10 at the 11-yard line. So two great quick passes or runs and then a deep shot there for the Ravens. Battle of the quarterbacks. Akaturo taking the snap, a quick handoff down the middle, and a couple men trying to bring him down. They can't. Umitu, oh wow, he is rumbling into the end zone, carrying defenders on his back. And all you can do is take a bow if you're Umitu Atoa because he is cooking right now. That's his third touchdown on the day, fourth for his, his gene pool. And we're going to see an extra point to make it 28-14. Scott, the Islanders have yet, since the very first drive, to stop this this Ravens offense, what do they need to do to change that? I just asked you, but looks like they need to make some more shifts. If I'm being 100% honest, Gabe, I'm not quite sure there is a lot because as we just saw, he dragged Tommy Burke for seven yards. That is Tommy Burke's he's a flag dude. He was like nearly concussing people with how hard he was running through. So 
He's a he's a so big I, guy. As I'm saying, it, it's not easy to break tackles from a lot of these players, and he did it with ease, weaving in and out. And I think that kind of shows that really there's going to have to be, as McLean had said, some breakthrough, whether it comes from an onside, a simple drop punt. Uh, going to have to steal possession somehow. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't think it's going to yeah. come from the running backs. But I think there's going to have to be a fumble in here somewhere. Otherwise, we may see a new point record. And we two is on a one-way street to Tuscaloosa right now with how <laughs> he's playing. Yeah, I, it is insanity what the what the what the Riverside run game has been able to do. They're averaging 12.2 yards a carry as a team so far. McLean, can we get a stat report on the running back numbers currently? Uh, it's 14 carries combined for 171 yards combined and four scores. 12.2 yards a carry. And there's still four minutes left to go in the there's first still half. Four minutes to go in the first half. <laughs> we may see a 500-yard game. Yeah, yeah. I, think, that's I think like that's what you like when you see Derek Henry in high school. Like that's the type of numbers that you see. Crazy thing is, it's a balanced offense. The quarterback's over a hundred too. Yeah, it's been great for this Riverside offense. But the Islanders, they had a score in their last possession, and they're going to get the ball back here with a chance to redeem themselves before the end of this first half. And they get the ball as Garrett Rogan takes the kickoff across the ten, trying to find an open running room, and he does. Gets across the thirty-yard line and finally dragged down to the thirty-three. I don't know how he snuck through that hole, but Garrett Rogan has been making plays all night long as the sun is setting here at the jungle, and now the Islanders will uh, will take over for maybe the final drive of this first half. And Gabe, Garrett you mentioned Rogan. the sun is setting, but Garrett Rogan's night has just getting started. He's so flashy, and he's yeah. willing to put his body on the line. That's one of the big things to me is, as we saw there, he just puts his head down, head down and yeah. goes straight through two defenders. I he's think also... That's what this Islanders team needs. He's also a Bears fan. He likes Dan Hester. Kind of reminds me of that in a way. He's really, really a quick player. As Eli Fahey and Chase Shavey alone in the backfield here. Four receivers out wide. And Rogan is going to look like maybe he's getting too fast because I think he's going to get called for, for the false start. Getting a little there. fancy. And you know what, guys? This is McLean and Scott. We've got something on our hands. For the first time in I think maybe nearly two calendar years, we see the band getting like the full band getting ready to come out and perform here at the jungle, which is something that I really missed. Really adds something to Friday Night Lights, and so that's exciting. If you want to, if you're at the game, if you're listening, you're on your way. You can listen to the Mercer Island Band, who'll be performing at Seahawks Stadium in just a few weeks. Scott, I am excited for the Seahawks game and the season, but really, I mean, how can you? Be mad at Garrett when it's, he's against a 6'4", 190-pound corner. Oh, so sorry about that for Garrett Rogan because it was actually an offsides, and now first and five, a quick screen pass out to Jack Derner, and he's going to get enough for the first down and plenty more right on midfield on the eye of MI. Islanders will continue this drive, 3.56 now to, left to go in this first half. And I think they should continue. So Jack Derner, when I've talked with him, he works with CT, who's one of the premier trainers, in our area, and you can kind of see all his hard work paying off yeah, here he's tonight. he's been amazing. As, uh, as McLean has the true stats, but I'd guess he's somewhere around 90 yards. Six targets, six catches, 87 and a score. Whoa. I was, I was you, close. You must have looked. You, you must have looked. Man. I did not look. <laughs> Fahey in the shotgun, getting ready for another quick pass outside. This time number 16, that's Davis Johnson. Makes a quick move to the outside, gets enough for the first down and more. 
every receiver getting involved here as Davis Johnson on a screen pass gets enough for the first down. If you're Eli Fahey, you're like, okay, I'm fine with this job. His stats are looking great. Yeah, the <laughs> completion percentage. And how, how that's Trevor Lawrence numbers. 150 so far. He's got I mean, hair like Trevor Lawrence, and he's playing like Trevor Lawrence right now. Yeah, McLean, it's tough you're a, you're a radio analyst because... Oh, yeah, you guys can't see, but uh, I'm, I'm rocking that, like, uh, halfway down the back right now. Yeah. <laughs> in, in English class, you said you're not cutting it until it touches your toes, which... That's a, that's a, that's a hot take right there, if you ask me. <laughs> I'm, I'm determined. I'm determined. Well, I'd like to make a hot take here. Fahey. I think there's going to be a deep ball. Way to get his back, Scott, as Fahey takes the shot. Looks down the middle. It's tipped up. Dangerous throw there down the middle of the field intended for Xander Peck. Man, right after we lauded his completion percentage, too. Fun fact uh, for you stat heads, this is his first incompletion of the day. The other one was a pick. That's, that's right. That's true. And I, I really think that might have been actually targeted for Jack Derner, but they were kind yeah. of him and Xander Peck were running kind of the same route. So Xander got there a little faster. And, I mean, that may have ended up being a 15-yard gain. But I do like the Islanders recognize that they're going up against a 290-pound-plus yeah. O-line on or D-line on average. It's time to put the game through the air. Garrett Rogan and Derner on the outside for this Islanders team. As on a second and 10, it's going to be a handoff. And Denver's nowhere. That's number 20 on the carry. Vincent Catano. And, Scott, you're your man on the defense stop there. My pick to click for Riverside is doing, me ex- is doing excellent. Mount Amu wow. is what we're going to call him because he is a man, 6'2", 290. 6'2", 290. Wow. And this kid's in high school. So he is a wrecking ball. I am going to have to, line, to, to uh, talk to this guy after the game. I need to get that weight room routine. Wow. <laughs> Ugh. Third and 12, as he's going to attempt to wreck the game for the Islanders. Timeout is called. I guess they got to figure out a way to scheme around him now. Yeah. You know, social distancing is not in his vocabulary. Oh. <laughs> and I, and I want to ask you guys, on this third and 12, what do you draw up, what do you draw up here? Third and 12. Uh, I'm certain the play's out of the playbook by now, but when I was on this team, they had a really nice uh, level sale concept, uh, which you could run in the middle of the field. Involved, I'm not going to say the name of the play, because, like, yeah. they might be listening, uh, but <laughs> it involved uh, four wide. The two slot receivers would run a 10-yard crosser each, and they would, like, high-five in the middle, the whole thing. Uh, and then you'd have uh, one receiver to the field side running the go, and the receiver to the boundary side running the post. Uh, it really allowed you to stretch the safety high-low in a couple of ways. It worked great against two deep looks, which we haven't seen a lot of, but I guarantee you one high coverage, uh, there's no way uh, that uh, the deep safety could take the post and cover the crossers. I think that if protection held up for long enough, we could start to see a big play if we run that sale concept. Third down and 12 from... The Ravens' 38-yard line. And I don't think a screen pass is going to be what works here. Rogan and Derner once again as Peck now moves into the slot. Faye drops back to pass, looks for a throw to the first down marker, but it's incomplete just out of the outstretched hands of Garrett Rogan. So that will bring up a fourth down and 12. Kind of a no-man's land here. I, I wonder think, if the I offense will stay on there. It. I agree. I think as soon as you punt it, you know that the Tumatoa brothers are going to get over the 200 yard mark because they're so close to it and I think yeah. 
you just have to rely on Eli, who has now put up 150 plus yards for the day, and really that confidence and use that confidence to get 12, 13 yards, maybe even find Jack Turner, who has been a special connection so far. Fahey in the shotgun, as always, as he drops back, rolling to his left, looking maybe to scramble here, and he does so, getting across the 35-yard line, tries to juke a man, but gets laid out there on the 4th and 12, and he is not going to get enough for the first down, and here comes the Auburn Riverside offense once again with 2.13 left to go in the first half. If you're just joining us here on 88.9, the bridge, the Islanders are down 28-14. to 28 to 14, down two scores. You know, I still agree with the call to go for it on fourth down. Easy to say in hindsight, yeah. but too long for a field goal, too close to pump, and there is no chance that that Ravens running game would get forced backwards at all. Yeah, and I think if there's any way they can keep this to a 14-point game before we get to halftime, that will be the main thing. But the main thing is I'm looking at the sideline right now, and Eli's getting helped by Joe, who is our trainer for Mercer Island High School. That's going to be something to look at. As Only other quarterback the on the roster is Spencer Cornbloom, sophomore. So, there's a chance if he's forced into action, there's a chance we start seeing some Friday Night Lights-esque situations unfold at the jungle tonight. A quick pass there on first down and 10 is completed to the 40-yard line, so that'll make it a second down and two to go for the Ravens offense. Akaturo in the shotgun. Umi Tuatoa, the sophomore, getting across the first down, dragged down. I can count one, two, three, four, five, six Islanders there trying I mean, to make the tackle, but not enough as he crosses the 4-4 gate down right there at the four-yard line. Yeah, and you can tell the Islanders' defensive line and the linebackers are getting a little gas because Riverside is running a hurry-up offense and letting their running backs go to work. Tommy hey. Frick was there quickly to try to maneuver Umi Tuatoa away. He did so, and he gets taken down immediately there. The young Thyro Umi Tuatoa is still on the field here, giving his brother a little bit of a break. Akaturo, a minute and two left to go, trying to lead this offense to make it a 35-14 to game. He's going to pass it. Look long downfield. He has a man open, but it's going to be just out of the hands. It would have been a surefire touchdown. Cameron Allen, that's... A senior, his first target of the game, and it falls incomplete. Gabe, okay, I talked about how they're going to need some breakthroughs earlier, and that may come through the reverse pass game, and that's one there. Obviously, not the Islanders' ball, but just the simple making a third and nine instead of second and two or even another first down through the run game. They're going to need those passes that just get a little bit out of the quarterback's hands, and make these long-distance third downs. Yeah, I mean, well, let's face it. When a quarterback is pressured like that, overthrowing the ball for the offense, best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, underthrows it, and it's picked. Akaturo dropping back, looking for a green pass, and it's intercepted! Intercepted! That's number 62 for the Islanders. Max, Max Taylor. Taylor! Max Taylor there with the interception. What a great play by the defensive lineman. And... Just like that. And it looks like Max Taylor may be hurt. On the that celebration, is... it looks like he's down with 48 seconds left to go in this first half. We hope he's okay. Max, honestly, one of the better guys I know. He's always so energetic, and there you go. He, he's rightfully deserved to be energetic after that great play. We hope he's okay. 
Yeah. This Islanders team is in business now. Yeah, Mercer Island once more. They have that stolen possession. It's now their uh, time to capitalize and keep this game close. That uh, that interception was the quarterback's second of the day. Mercer Island's defense has come up big when it's mattered most. And they've been getting pressure, too. They brought six on that play. Max Taylor uh, was lucky enough to be able to come up with the ball just far enough away from the quarterback to be able to make a play on it. You hoped when you saw the play develop in real time that he might have been able to at least knock it down. But, you know, the sure-handed Max Taylor able to come up with the catch. So we... We're still looking at Max Taylor here. We really hope he's okay. Just made a great play now coming off the field. And this whole Islanders team taking a knee for their teammate. You know, whenever you see him, Scott, you can attest to this. He's always got a smile on his face. And uh, here he comes off the field now. Both teams getting up, ready to continue playing here with 48 seconds left to go in this first half. Yeah, and an injury-plagued Islanders team is going to have to go even deeper into their bench. We hope that this is not as serious as it looks right away. Hopefully it's more of that initial kind of pain once you get hit because I think we've all had that where it hurts a lot more than it really does. Stinger, you get that funny bone on the inside of your knee. I've had that happen to me a few times. We're hoping this is not a season-ending injury or even a half-season injury. Hopefully we can even maybe see him by the end of the night. Yeah, with plays like that, you really hope he can come back out there. So, wish you well, Max Taylor, as Eli Fahey is back out on the field. Takes a shotgun snap here on first and ten. He's going to step in the pocket and look to run. Eli Fahey, the scrambler this time, across the 20 and to the 16-yard line. There goes Fahey. He can do it on his legs as well. He talked about that. Slow to get up, but... We hope he's okay. Something I will say about this Riverside team. They are going into tackles with 100% effort, and it has been very clear, almost a little extra on their tackles, I think we could make the case of, where they are really pushing their guy into the ground. There are no business decisions being made by these Ravens. It is 100% of the tackle all the way through to the ground. And, you know, it's uh, notable to see when it's a quarterback like Eli Fahey. Normally the little guys like that, you'll see uh, defensive players, you know, just looking to wrap up and drag to the ground. But they were popping Fahey. And it's for a guy who was, you know, shaken up already, had to get some help on the sidelines. I was amazed he was even still in the game. Uh, it hurts to see him taking hits like that, but uh, for what it's worth, that play with his legs was the most productive running play the Islanders have had all day, and it moved them back into the green. 41.7 left to go. If the Islanders score here, Scott, how good do you have to feel going into halftime? You get the ball in the second half with a chance to score again and make it uh, a a tie game. So, Scott, how important is it here for the Islanders to, to try to capitalize in plus territory, first down and 10 of the 16? I think they need at least some points. I I mean, obviously a touchdown is what we're hoping for, but if they can even get a few goal on the board just so that way, you know, continue to just climb a little bit back into this game. Eli Fahey dropping back to pass, looking to the end zone. He's got a man open. It's a touchdown. Callum Near, the junior, runs it in. A great throw down the middle. Oh, my, am I. 16, Davis Johnson with the touchdown. Oh. Excuse me. Davis Johnson, his first touchdown. So there you go. Down the scene. Eighteen or 
18. I was right. I was right. Oh, Callum Neer. We're not so confused here. We have All right. The clip David is saved. Joseph's the clip is saved. Here, so we were hoping. The clip is saved. <laughs> As Samir Lumba. Samir, the the Superman kicker. <laughs> Can I come up with a new one every time? Lumba knocks it through. Mr. Automatic. Yeah. Just book it. One point added to the board. 28-21. So there you go, just like that, and great interception there by the defender, Max Taylor. And you guys talked about this earlier, McLean, Scott, that the the Islanders couldn't stop the Umi Tuatoa brothers just, you know, third down, get them off the field. They had to make plays, and Max Taylor did that, and the Islanders capitalized. Definitely, yeah. It's always good to see your defense coming up big in a crucial situation like that. It's always a great thing to see. And it's even better to see the offense capitalizing in what they know is a must-score possession, down 14. It was uh, Callum Neer coming off the bench to make that big strike. Yeah, great route there, right down the middle. Exactly what you want out of your tight end. So, Yeah, and we can see some of the players stopping by and checking in on their friend and teammate. Max Air, I think that speaks a lot about this Islanders team. They are a one unit. They're not all working to kind of show themselves and be a part of the pack. They work together. I think we've seen it here with the Islanders. Actually being overall a balanced team, obviously they haven't been able to get the run game going. But really going back and forth. Oh, here we go. Another squib kick here. Taken immediately there by number 19 for the Ravens. He trips over a few men there on uh, on the ground there on the return. That was number... 19, I believe, Max Erickson. So 31.7 go. Scott, I'll ask you, do you keep it on the ground and hope for a big play from one of the Umi Tuatoa brothers, or do you try to air it out with only 30 seconds left to go? One t- I, be- I believe they have, yeah, they have two timeouts left. I mean, I think, I think you start with a run. See what we can get because we've seen plenty of these runs break out for 40 plus yards and then move to the pass game. Akaturo handing it off down the middle to Umi Tuatoa. Thyru this time, and he's going to get taken down after a 10 yard gain. But you really want an all or nothing play there, not a home run hitter. So at the own 43 yard line is where the Ravens will try to take it here with 11 seconds left. It doesn't look like they're going to actually go for anything here just at half time so with that the score is 28 to 21 a late touchdown there Eli Fahey to Callum Neer he's got two on the day does Fahey throwing it so 28 21 the Islanders will receive the second half kickoff so don't go anywhere here and we're going to send it off to Scott he interviewed Nick Calzini before the game stay tuned for that here on 88 All right, it's week one for everyone. Hopefully, we are back and better than ever. So um, we had some audio difficulties there. And uh, with that, we are back for second half action. And guess what? Guess what? We used one play. It was a touchback. So just like that, we are in full swing, ready to go. If you're listening here on 88.9 The Bridge, thank you, first of all. And thank you for everyone that gave us feedback. We're glad to be able to bring the game to you. And... The Islanders will start first and 10 
on their own 20-yard line. And Spencer Kornblum is the quarterback, and he's going to throw it. And it's going to be a great catch across the 50-yard line. That's number 18, Callum Near. He got a touchdown in the first half. And right on the first play, Spencer Kornblum, the quarterback. Eli Faye got out there. Unbelievable there by Kornblum on the first play of his varsity career, throwing a strike. His dad is right next to us. We'll make sure to be loud and proud for him because that was an unbelievable throw there by number 12, the sophomore, Spencer Kornblum, as he looks to lead this offense over the Auburn Riverside Ravens. Kornblum in the shotgun now. This time a handoff down the middle to Chase Shavey, juking a couple times, leaning forward this time. A little bit more assertion here for the Islanders with 11.25 to go in the third quarter. It's 28-21. The Islanders across midfield trying to get back into this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely uh, definitely something that the Islanders talked about at halftime. It looked like, uh, I believe Scott was telling me a little bit earlier, uh, Eli Fahey, after that big hit on the sideline, uh, where he just tanked a hit on the on the left side of the line while on a rollout. Uh, it looked like he was icing his wrist um, on, on his way back to the field as we see a, another screen play here. A screen play to the outside. That's the number 16, Davis Johnson. Davis Johnson. Yeah, I mean, just trying to get the offense in rhythm, especially when you pop in a new quarterback. Uh, at least it was at the half and not in the middle of a drive. Uh, if if you're looking, you're, we're grasping at straws here to find positives in this because Eli Fahey is the star player. He right. is the cap. He's one of the captains on this team. And he's had a hundred. And I mean, talk about injury plagued. I'm just looking down at the field. Chaz Brotherton's on crutches. Obviously, we hope that Max gets better. Mm-hmm. Our thoughts are with him, but we, to say the least, are not expecting him to return this game. And then, obviously, Eli Corn, with the ice. So Cornblum takes the snap. Those of a jump ball to number 13, Addison King. Some younger players get involved here, some juniors. And that pass falls incomplete there. So that will bring up a fourth down and four. I mean, I mean, you can clearly tell things have gone horribly awry here for the, for the Islanders in terms of the injury bug. Uh, Max Taylor, who made that excellent interception near the end of the first half, unfortunately suffered a serious injury to it, to what looked like his knee. Um, our thoughts and prayers are, are with him. It looked serious. Yeah, and if we're staying with the injury updates, because that looks like a common course, now we're seeing Eli get his whole shoulder and arm taped up. So we may see Spencer Cornbloom for the rest of the game. And by the looks of it, it looks like he can definitely sling the ball around. Cornbloom. Tries to go for a hard count on fourth down and four. And there were. Oh, it did. Off. Oh, nope. They did uh-huh. offsides against the offense. That's apparently now a, a penalty. Uh oh. I mean. There's a false. St- the referee's got to know there's a false start signal. He did offsides. Tease me, but now it's fourth down and nine. Looks like the offense might stay out here for fourth and nine. Trying to get a spark here. We saw. We've seen some fourth down attempts for the Islanders. Didn't go too well. Eli Fahey tried to run the ball, but let's see if Spencer Cornbloom can do something else here. Kornblum in the shotgun. With Chase Shavey, the running back to his left, we know he can explode for a play. Garrett Rogan also on the near side. Maybe he can do something too. And we've got another flag here. Before the snap, there was movement on the the far side of the field. Might have been a wide receiver, and it is going to be a false start. So another five-yard penalty will drop the Islanders back. And this time around, they're going to punt it. And I think you can just see... The simple change, obviously, we didn't even get a snap, but Kornblum has a different call than yeah. Fahey, and they're used to it. And we could tell because we saw Derner 
Rogan, and I believe it was Xander Peck all jump off at once. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be something to look for as we move along in this game. Tommy the Fridge Frank here. A high snap. Bobbles it. Has to pick it up. Gets it. He's running to his right. Tommy Frank is going to have to avoid some tacklers, but he can't. He gets dragged down to the 35-yard line. It was a high snap from Frank to Frank, and he couldn't corral it in time, so he had to pick it up and try to make something happen running the ball, and he couldn't, and now he's going to go back and be middle linebacker on the play. I mean, you can clearly see the Mercer Island Islanders have been shook, not necessarily by the offense of, of the Ravens, but by their injuries. They're looking like the Mercer Island IRs right now. <laughs> it is not looking Island pretty. IRs. It's. Um, it, I hope it, that nickname doesn't stick. <laughs> I hope not either. Peyton Akatero now handing it off to the sophomore Umi Tuatoa. Yeah. And uh, that's the first time I've said that this half, and it's it's like it's like when you drop something, you drop a skill that you learned, and now you yeah. have to repick it back up. So Umi Tuatoa. I mean, there on the I, carry, and he's gonna get. But it does looks look like, like nothing. Umi Tuatoa is down. You know, maybe it's because they've gone so long without playing yeah. Chicago football. You think in the first game, just a little tougher. We hope all these players are okay, obviously. It's an exciting time. Players going back to school, and everyone's in good spirits to be at the football game. So we hope everyone's okay as it's going to be um, a timeout. And with that, we're going to take a quick break here on 88.9 The Bridge. We'll be right back with more action from the jungle. Distracted driving includes talking on your phone, talking to people in the car, texting on your phone, and not paying attention to the road while in control of a vehicle. Way too many people have been affected by distracted driving. If you want to help, you can inform people that you know about distracted driving and the statistics surrounding it. Spread the word and lower the amount of victims that distracted driving claims each year. I'm Ryan McNeil. This is KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. We're still in a timeout here, an injury timeout for one of the Ravens players. Andrew, I'll go to you here. The Islanders on their first drive, that was a big momentum decider because if they had scored on that drive with Spencer Kornblum, the sophomore at the helm, it would have been a tie game. Now it's a second down and six for the Auburn Riverside Ravens in plus territory. Do you think that if the Islanders surround a touchdown here, they need to start going ultra-aggressive with 10 minutes left to go in the third quarter? Or do you think they should still try to have a mix with Chase Shavey in the run game? Even we've seen um, Vincent Catano get a few carries. How do you think the balance will change if, if the, uh, the Ravens score on this drive? I mean, there really is no other option except the nuclear option. If the, if the Ravens score here, Mercer Island is put in a very poor position. They are down their starting quarterback. Uh, a couple of their other stars aren't even in the game. You've lost. You're, you've already lost like two or three guys outside of your quarterback. You need to play as aggressive as possible and just do your best to get in the game because you can be for sure that the Ravens will not be slowing down. A handoff down the middle. This time the number 23. And there's going to be a fumble on the play right near the first down marker. It looks like they're going to call him down there on the play, so... It's going to be a third down and one yard to go. 
Yeah, and that was the running back, Carson Rooms. And that may be his final carry because I think we can conclude the Umita Tua Toe Brothers have been a lot more <laughs> Tua efficient. Uh, tongue twister. A Tua a Tua, a, tongue Tua Toa tongue twister as Peyton Akaturo is going to hand it off down the middle right back to him. After the mistake, they're going to give it to him again. Carson Rooms, he's got a sibling on the team as well, and he's going to get enough of the first down marker there for the Ravens. That's a huge first down pickup. And Carson Rooms found just enough room to oh. get the first down. A little play on words for you there, Gabe and Andrew. And I mean, I think that's been the story of the game. We've brought it up a lot, but... The offensive line for Auburn Riverside has just dominated this game. By the way, I wanted to bring this up. Gary Shavey, Coach Shavey's an assistant coach on the team. Luke Shavey's a former player. Chase Shavey is the current starting running back and safety. And Luke and Quinn Shavey, excuse me, is a sophomore wide receiver and defensive back. So a family affair. There's going to be a deep pass into the end zone to a wide open target on first and ten. It's going to be caught for a touchdown. That's number two. Andrew Butler, the senior, makes it 34-21 with nine minutes left to go, and that's a gut punch there for the Islanders as they are now down two scores once again. And I will say that was a great play design there by Riverside. They faked the receiver screen, which is something we have seen a surplus amount of today, and, you know, get the little pump fake. It froze Alex Espinosa just for a second, and he found his receiver, Butler, Wide open in the end zone. The extra point is good by Perez. 35-21 to 21 with 9.07 left to go here in this third quarter of action. An opening day. Now it feels really like the Friday night lights. The, the sun is down. The school buses are out in the background. What a great background in the jungle here. You've got trees, school buses, and a lot of fans here tonight. The first game back. Everyone masked up, and it's it's a great experience to be a part of. To be back, not many people are gonna have are gonna be able to say that they they missed two years of high school football and they come back finally. So, a lot of anticipation, and maybe the Islanders can have an exciting comeback to really cap off the night. Oh yeah, but I mean, what what you need to do here, especially on this drive, is get your rhythm back. Just get, just we you need a couple of short dump offs, uh, a few screens. Anything to just get get in rhythm. Just get the get the quarterback um, Spencer Cornblum. Get him comfortable because that's really the only option you have left. Just right, right off any any bit of accuracy and arm that he's got left, and just try and scrap out a touchdown drive. All right, here goes the kickoff now by Perez. It's going to be a high deep kick. He's been very good, and it's going to be taken for a touchback by number 20, I believe, for the Islanders. Vincent Catano there, the backup running back on kick return duties that time. And the Islanders will get it back with a chance to redeem themselves. And here comes Spencer Kornblum, the sophomore, for a second drive in his young career. And for our fans who are at home or having a hard time seeing the game, we want to point out Perez in warm-ups in the sec- before the second half started. I was just about was, to bring this up. He yeah. was knocking 45-yard field goals. Longer. Longer. Uh, 45, 50, maybe even hit a 55 in there with ease. So definitely has a leg on himself and is quite accurate. First down pass is to Garrett Rogan, and he's going to 
reached for a couple yards there on a screen pass to the left-hand side. He was taken out by the legs immediately. So Kornblum, we saw with Fahey early in the game, he started off 11 for 12. And as McLean mentioned to me, there was more interceptions than incompletions in the first half of play. So that's how accurate these quarterbacks were because of a lot of screen passes this time around, getting the sophomore more comfortable, throwing some quick completions. Kornblum has four receivers out wide. Common theme here of the Islanders offense. He's going to look to throw. It's a quick pass down the middle. Dangerous to Turner, and it's incomplete. I mean, not what you want to see from Kornblum. Obviously, him being a little more green, you're going to see a few more plays like this. He didn't, he wasn't anticipating the linebacker to peel back into his zone defense to cover the receiver behind him. Great play from the linebacker. Uh, good, good, good job to get up, get his arms up in, 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 in the pass lane there. Um, you definitely want to see Kornblum, uh, you know, maybe step in the pocket a little more, maybe extend the play a little longer. Uh, and be a little more accurate, be a little smarter. And I think he he will do that later in this drive, hopefully. Cornblum sitting up comfortably here, looking cool and collected as he throws a high pass to Chase Shavy just over his head. He's going to be a little swing on the right-hand side, try to get playmaker and open space instead. It's fourth down and seven, and the Islanders' punt unit will come out down 35-21 to 21 with 8.20 to go in this third quarter. And that's just one that you don't want to miss it was a swing pass out to the running back into the flat uh when you're not hitting those you're not comfortable you're 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 just not you don't have your head in the precise spot in what you wanted in the game uh kind of unfortunate unfortunate to see from Kornblum. hopefully next drive he can he'll be able to step it up and get a get a score here for the islanders let's see if frank can take the snap in this time he does so gets ready for a quick punt spiraling in the air it's a high kick taken by Butler. He does a spin move at the 40 across the 50. A flag is down and he gets taken out. A good form tackle there by number 17 Xander Peck. So we'll see what this flag is here as it's going to be the 47 yard line of Mercer Island if this stands for Auburn. So they'll already be in Islanders territory looking to make it a 42 to 21 game if they can score. That would be double the Islanders points and we know what this offense can do for Mercer Island. We've seen a lot of big plays, but that, that might be too much. So this defensive drive is very important, isn't it, for the Islanders? I think you're saying the minimum there, Gabe. I think this very well could decide the fate of the game because, I mean, it's been made quite clear over the course of this game. The Auburn-Riverside offense is no joke. There's a reason last year they scored over 50 multiple times. And, I mean, they have an excellent senior quarterback Two senior, or sorry, not even senior. They have a freshman and sophomore running back that's been taking the majority of the work. And, I mean, I think that really speaks to this team with how consistent they can be and why it's been an overall great program based on what we found on them. I mean, you already see the, the Umi Tuatoa brothers. They've, already, they've both already been pulled. Um, I, I think that kind of sends the signal to Mercer Island just what the Ravens think of them right now. Here goes number four, Peyton Akaturo. And off here to Carson Rooms, and he's going to scatter across the right-hand side for a gain of seven yards there. I guess maybe in the Islanders' favor, they'll only give him six, so it'll be second down and four yards to go with 7.50 left 
in the third quarter and counting. Scott? Yeah, and I think something else I'd like to add is Riverside is not following the high school trap. And what that is is so many of these high school football teams fall into running these very simple offenses where we see, I mean, Mercer Island used to run it. We know Bellevue does it a lot where it's a run play. You just don't know which side they're running to. And I think that's something that's so great about this team as we continuously see off tackles. Rooms outside the left tackle there. He's getting a heavy workload here in the second half as the Umituatoa brothers have retired riding into the sunset on their huge first half performance. And maybe looking to get the junior some more reps, see what he can do. Number 23, the 5'8", 180-pound back. I mean, this goes back to the beginning of the game. Football is won in the trenches. And simply put, the Ravens have just been dominating on the offensive and defensive line all game. Because of that, they're going to be able to control the ground game. Here goes Rooms. Making sure to move those legs constantly as he's getting taken down for a gain of six yards there. Shortening for every yard is room. He's trying to maybe earn some more playing time later in the season or next year. And I think I would like to know from McLean, who's churning out our stats, has there been a tackle for loss in this game? I'm getting the... the the, the unfortunate no from McClellan. So, yeah. I mean, I, He's think, running I think that speaks to what you're saying, Andrew. The trenches has been won. Carson Rooms, well, keep that streak alive. Really, really using all his might to get a two-yard carry there on second down and four. So it'll be third and two if the Islanders can get a stop here. Uh, Boy, we've if, seen two turnovers. If, if, if they get a stop here, they could probably just kick it. That's the thing. <laughs> That's how good it has been. He they is. get a stop on their own 10. Perez would just come out. I mean, I mean, Perez has been spooky. I know there is no okay. high school sports betting, but I think I would put the plus. On, I would put the plus on that for sure. That's a that's a confident one with what we saw in pregame warmups. Well, hopefully we even see Perez. It's going to be a quick screen pass outside to Butler, and he's going to move his way into the secondary across for a first down to the 30-yard line. Another screen pass. Nick Chitala said in uh, in your interview with him that we heard at halftime he uh, he's really. He was really looking for a lot of screen passes by this Auburn Riverside team, and he We've he was right. Him. He was right. There's been a lot of quick passes, a lot of run plays, and the Islanders uh, have been really put put to the test here. We're gonna see if they can make a stand here. As the Ravens have it on the 30-yard line, two receivers on the far side. One on the near side is gonna be a handoff said to room, looking ahead, tripping for a one-yard gain as one of the defensive linemen, Fisher, they're saying, is going to be the man that brought him down. I mean, it's just been an unfortunate second half. This feels like one of those days where your big brother is just dangling something over your head and you just can't grab it because he keeps <laughs> stopping you every time. It has been rough for us in this second half. They haven't been able to get anything going. And with every little chip, with every little paper cut that Auburn taking this this drive especially, they're just driving the clock down and suffocating the Mercer Island offense. Akatura with a bullet to the outside near the sideline to Butler, and he's going to go out of bounds on second down, a yard shy of the first down marker there. So quick out route will make it a third down and one, and I'm going to guess this is staying on the ground. Scott, what do you I'm going to agree with your prediction, to say <laughs> the least. I mean, 
you haven't had a negative yard the whole day. It's third and three. I think you got out the confidence knowing that in two plays when you haven't had a negative play, you can get three yards. Accurate signaling. Good receivers. As it's going to be a false start, I believe, or some movement on the offensive line. We're going to see which side this goes against here. And illegal offside. Oh, offside's oh. on the defense. So that'll make an automatic first down. And I'll move the Ravens up to the 20, or excuse me, the 17 yard. Nope, the 23 yard line. <laughs> Never mind. I, I mean, was right the first time. I mean, not only has Mercer Island been bullied today, they've also been sloppy. How many penalties is that already for Mercer Island? You, first game of the season. I know. I mean, you don't. You just don't like to see it. You obviously the guys are frustrated. It, it's been a tough situation as we see another run here. Akaturo handing it off to Rooms. Stiff arms a man and has to earn every last inch of that two-yard carry there. Impressive two-yard run. I mean, four tackles before he gets Simply put, guys, that's been the story of the all right, with that, we are back here on 88.9 The Bridge as a third down and three was stopped for no gain on the play. This is uh, the first week of broadcasting. As Yeah, it's, uh, been, it's been about as you know rough for us. No, we, we're going to miss two plays, so we are every, every rocking and rolling. Every team is trying to work out the, the yeah. kinks. It feels like audio, like the audio connection is like, is like um, Umi Tuatoa right now to yeah. us. But we're going to see a field Difficult. goal here by Perez. <laughs> His first field goal attempt from the 15-yard line. It's a Whoa. really high snap over the head. Perez is going to catch it. He's going to have to throw the ball, shedding a tackler, moving to the left across the 30. He's going to need to try to run for the first down. Perez, this is unbelievable, and he gets knocked out short of the first down marker. There's flags all over the place. But Perez, we thought he was a kicker. Maybe. He's Derrick Henry. Is he secretly <laughs> a runner? Now, that reminds me. There was this but a great play there by the Islanders. There was this one Packers player, I think in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, I, I forget his name, but he kicked a field goal and it got blocked. And, it, and he ended up catching it. He ended up running into the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, it, it if, just, it, if it works. If it works, it works. Um, unfortunately for the Islanders, uh, uh, trade, hoped. Wow. All right, here we go. Third <laughs> down and ten. Yeah, I like the transition. As Rogan now taking the wide receiver screen pass. This is live radio, folks. Welcome to it. Fourth down ah. and five now from their own 19-yard line. The Islanders have it. You know, honestly, let's just fill everyone in on what happened. Perez on that kickoff, uh, on that field goal, he lost the snap, bobbled it, and tried to run. The Islanders had a... First down from their own around 10-yard line, but couldn't go anywhere with it. So now it's fourth down and four with a minute left to go in the third quarter. 35-21 here on 88-9, the bridge. I mean, my goodness, it's just been... You can you can feel the wind has been taking, taken out of the sails of Mercer Island. The wind has instead blown over a, a cable. They probably <laughs> blew over a tower or something. Tower. And we're seeing... Some fans here, maybe going up to get some food, maybe leaving. We don't know. Hopefully they're staying because 
There's still a whole quarter left of action. The Islanders getting ready to punt it away. Scott, we've seen some turnovers here in this game so far. It's 35-21. If the Islanders can force a turnover on this next drive, how big would that be for this defense and potentially for Spencer Kornblum going back the other way? I think it would be humongous, but the thing is, as Angie, you had referred to earlier, it almost feels like that Geico commercial where they have the little money yeah. string and they keep <laughs> on pulling it away from us because that is what that has been the story of this game. They've had times where it really looked like the Islanders could have come with within seven points or right after halftime it looked like they were about to tie the game up. But they just haven't been able to make that final push that gets them into a tie ball game. And immediately after that, Riverside strikes and brings us back to a 14 or 21 point game as it's currently 30-21 with one minute remaining in the third quarter. All right, as Tommy Frick now getting ready to punt it away. A very high punt, a good punt. They're going to let it bounce here. And it hits, and it hits a player for Riverside. Getting ready to pick it up is Mercer Islands going all over the place. And they're going to call it down. And the Islanders are going to take possession here. Wow, what a crazy sequence. We're back in our Geico commercial, folks. The ball was going all over the place. You couldn't even tell where it ended up. And then finally, one of the Islanders pounced on it. Oh, there we go. We talked about turnovers. I, I, 35, I feel like I 21. just had a Tony Romo moment. <laughs> I know. It's, a, it's like a little, we, we got another carrot there to hold across on the string. Well, let's I mean, see if Spencer Cornblum is going to take a bite. I mean, we got something. At least it's a little bit of excitement because this entire second half has just been a complete drag. Hopefully, this wakes up Cornblum. I think Get a first down and 10 shot to the end zone is what the Islanders need here. I mean, the, the I mom- don't know about that one. <laughs> the mo- the momentum right. needs to be shifted right now, and it all lies on this next couple set of downs. Cornblum has shaved four receivers out wide. He's going to drop back to pass, do a quick fire down the middle, and just right back, it's intercepted by the Auburn Riverside Ravens. And here goes number 13, taking it all the way across the 30, across the 20, one man to beat. He's finally dragged down and tackled by number 17, I believe. Um, it looks like, oh, excuse me, of number, course. How could I get that wrong? Number 11, Garrett Rogan, the only player that's fast, and, yeah, that's fast yeah. enough to get the tackle there because he... Great hustle there, DK DK Rogan <laughs> on that play, trying well, to to come back and make that tackle. But here goes Auburn Riverside now on the ten yard line. It's just like, can I say we, we went back in time. commercial? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. It's Since like I made the boot. comparison, there's been two turnovers in. I mean, the promised land right in front of us, and and here goes rooms on the right hand side. Great tackle there. By Chase Shavy. So the safety on that play, Chase Shavy, made a great tackle right at the goal line. It was a mano a mano fight, and Rooms could not get in the end zone here. If you're just listening to us here on CAMIH Mercer Island 88 9, the bridge, we are winding down towards the end of the third quarter of action. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Fourth quarter from the one yard line, Auburn Riverside up 35 21, and a chance to get six here. So stay tuned on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. 
We're once again joined by McLean Hopkins here to take over this fourth quarter of Andrew Pearson and Gabe Gottesman here with you again. And McLean, the statistician of dreams, is coming back because we saw a lot of running in that first half by Auburn Riverside. Can you give us some updates on how that Auburn Riverside offense has done as now they have it on the one-yard line for a second and goal? That running game has been deadly efficient. Even with the third string, they're still eating up yards. It's been unbelievable for Auburn Riverside looking to go over the 40 mark as we see a new quarterback, Andrew Schrader, Schrader, the quarterback, and he's going to look like he's going to keep it himself there. Andrew Schrader, there you go. The sophomore, number one, keeps it himself on the QB run, takes it to the left-hand side and pretty much walks into the end zone. 41-21, a 20-point lead now for the Ravens. And with 11.54 left to go in this ball game. Yeah, the old student body left play. That quarterback keeper is deadly when you've got a quarterback who can run it. And Schrader did a great job. He hit that hole like a running back. And student body left is what we're going to be saying most likely pretty soon because this game looks like it, it, it might need <laughs> wow. wow, that was pretty good. I can't lie. I gotta, that, you got to give me student credit. Student body left. Wow. Yeah. Um, so 42-21, the extra point is good. And... With that, three-touchdown ball game, under 12 to go. Of course, 12-minute quarters here in high school football. Andrew, do you believe in miracles? Do I believe in miracles? Yes, is the answer. Yes, but God's going to be have to be really nice to Mercer <laughs> today for, for that to happen. It is, um, it's been tough to watch. That first half was really exciting, but if I'm being, if I'm being honest, Mercer Island got a couple of chance plays in the first half that kept them in the ball game and then karma just hit them like a truck it it has been an ugly ugly second quarter for mercer island they've just gotten absolutely nothing going even the chance play of of a muffed punt was unfortunately not taken advantage of i mean it was just it's just been bad passed after unfortunate run after getting being beat every single time on defense this has been a complete smothering for Auburn I'll say this though the new quarterback has made it interesting Spencer Kornblum has played this game like the wild slingers it's blown (laughs) up in his face but it's also produced some of the most exciting football Mercer Island has seen in a long time the future is going to be fun here on Mercer Island as Perez oh that's going to the stratosphere it's kicked and knocked down for a touchback. The leg on that kid. Yeah, oh my he, gosh. Look at it. And then he walked off like nothing happened. Picks up the picks up the little kicker hole there and walks off the field as he just I think broke a football. <laughs> <laughs> I uh wonder how long it's gonna be before we see this guy kick off is gonna come back out on the field. Trying to make it happen for the Islanders. Jack Derner just to his right. That's Eli Faye's favorite target. Let's see what he can do for Spencer Kornblum. Xander Peck also, the slot receiver. Here's he can make plays happen. We haven't heard his name too much tonight. Yeah, Xander Peck on the stat sheets. All he's got is one back. Uh, but here's some here's some stats for you. When Fahey was in and throwing to Jack Derner, six targets, six catches, 87 yards, and a score. He's yet to have a cat on two targets with Cornbloom throwing the ball, and one pick has happened. 
So it's really a tale of two quarterbacks here on Mercer. Jimmy, a flag. Might be a delay of game there as the offense had some had some struggle there. Maybe not men on the field, delay of game. All of the above. Yeah. Looks like there was just a lot of confusion there. General Tom Foolery. Yeah. That's I don't know if that's in the rule book. We'll have to we'll have to see. You know, another thing I'm looking at is I want to give a big shout-out to the kids that run out into the middle of the field and pick up the footballs and run off the field. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I remember Quinn Shavey was a, was really good at doing that. Now he's on the team himself. So look out for number 37 and 50. Who are on the sideline. Maybe we'll call them their names. Yeah, I'm a fourth quarter. starter That's how Gerald started. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he used to be a ball boy for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was common knowledge. Anyway. Not for me. I'm not a Larry Fitzgerald expert, sadly. All but right. I am a Spencer Cornbloom believer as he takes the high snap, looks to make a quick pass on the outside to number 13. That's Addison King, and he's going to get dragged down immediately for a four-yard quick game. On game. I'm I would say that's probably Cornbloom's second or second to fourth uh, completion there. Would you like to get, tell the folks at home uh, just how how he's been able to move the ball to that? Five for 11, 47 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. He's been looking down the field. He's been pushing the ball down the field a lot more aggressively than Fahey was, but it has not yielded too many results. Kornblum taking the snap. He's got trips receivers to the left. He's going to take a deep shot downfield. He's got a man wide open. That's Garrett nice. Rogan, and it's caught for a first down a great throw there by Spencer Kornblum showing off his arm. And Garrett Rogan, we know he can stream down the field. He gets it. And now the Ops have it at the 45-yard line. A great wheel route on the outside. Yeah, definitely McLean. great. Allowed Garrett Rogan to use that speed in the open field. He is devastating. If he's not bumped off the line or played very physically by a big corner, he's dangerous. And one of the best burners on this team. I know you're a safety. Tell me how how maybe confusing or how difficult it is to go against a, a three receivers on one side all bunched together like that. Three receiver sets are difficult to read as a safety. You want to play right over it, but you know that you're leaving your backside corner one-on-one. -on -one. It's difficult to Here play. Here goes Kornblum, pressured by a few defenders and wisely gets rid of the ball in the direction of number 16, Davis Johnson. So Kornblum didn't have anywhere to go and Instead of you know throwing up there like maybe someone starting their first half of football would do, he he wisely, wisely throws it away. Threw it at the feet of Johnston, who by the way has become a nice target magnet for himself. For a guy who you know uh, I hadn't been hearing anything about him coming into the game, he's really performed. He's had uh, four targets, uh, two catches, 44 yards, and scored a touchdown. Spencer Cornbloom standing on the 50-yard line. He's got. Chase Chevy to his left, waiting for a big play from him. As Cornblum's going to take a deep shot with the Durner. Oh, perfect pass, but a great defense there by number 11 for the Ravens. That is Carter Rooms. So yeah. a lot of rooms here on the Auburn Riverside Ravens team. And, Cor and Cornblum has been trying to hit that these past couple of times. He's been out here uh, the past few drives. Uh, it, it hasn't worked out for him too much. He got he's gotten two really nice completions. Uh, obviously that one earlier to Rogan, 
Uh, he's been trying to fit it into that, that tiny little window between the corner and the safety and cover three call. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to fit there. He almost, he almost had the accuracy to just get it in there. Uh, if he threw it just a pinch early, he probably would have gotten it. Kornblum with an amazing pump fake finally throws it away right down the middle of the field. And he had nowhere in the, no one in the vicinity of that throw. Nowhere he could have put that, though. An amazing sack evasion. It was, this kid's a playmaker. Yeah. A run-and-gun, uh, slinging quarterback. This guy's bringing up shades of... Uh, guys like college Kyler Murray, you know, maybe a bit undersized, but has that's a who big Eli Fay compared himself to when we interviewed him. So that's really? interesting you bring that up. Really? Yeah. Famous comparison. All right. Wow. Interesting. All right. Well. So maybe Corbin has been learning. Fourth and ten, a uh, tall test uh, for the sophomore Spencer Cornblum. Junior Vincent Catano is the running back here on fourth and ten. Let's see if he can provide some blocking. He's been doing that earlier this game. Cornblum's going to need it here. He's going to drop back to pass, step up in the pocket. Going to have to chuck it way downfield. He's got a man open. Can he throw it far enough? No. And two Riverside Ravens went for the ball, and they kind of batted it away from each other. So not a pick, probably in their best interest, because now they get the ball on the 40-yard line instead of their own 10. Yeah, and it's another ball. Cornbloom just couldn't connect. He's had guys open, and he's pulled the trigger on those deep balls. Uh, it's There's just been, you know couple of times where his receiver dropped it he and Derner can't seem to get onto the same page makes you wonder uh you know maybe he's like throwing wounded ducks or uh if the difficulties adjusting to a right-handed spiral versus left-handed spiral are maybe giving Derner some fits it's one of those things maybe psychological I don't know and a fumbled snap here and Akaturo is just gonna have to fall to the ground oh is Akaturo back in there back in there yeah, it looks like they're bringing on uh, number one, Andrew Schrader, just for the, just the for quick the, QB sneak. It was like the wildcat offense there. For the Cam there. Newton play. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a, listed as a 5'8 quarterback, so he's a sophomore. Maybe he'll grow, or maybe he'll just stay as a uh, as a speedy Kyler Murray. Yeah. Feels like we love Kyler Murray here, even though we don't. So that, <laughs> uh, so that fumbled snap right there is only the second time tonight that yards haven't been gained on a run play by the Riverside Ravens. Akaturo going to have to throw it way downfield. He's got a man open and a great reception there. Sheds off the tackler, taunting to the fans and to the opponent is number 13, Jace Villers. What a great reception there. A back shoulder throw by Akaturo. And he, Villers, just carried the defender on his back and Went into the end zone for six, so it's now 48-21. Believe that's similar to the score of the Bellevue Wolverines Mercer Island game mm. from yeah. last year, and that's a, that's a don't remind me a great <laughs> compliment for the Auburn Auburn Riverside Ravens. We know how good Bellevue can be, and guys, you can't defend a perfect pass, and you got to give Akatoro his props there, as it seems like the extra point was made again by Perez. Perez knocked it, I think, over the head of the person waiting for it, way back there on the track. But it was just it was just it was just so pretty. The deep shot, first of all, he in the night sky. I, I Looks know nice. Akatura was able to to properly get a seven step drop, step up in the pocket, hit the deep shot on the right on the deep right sideline, and the the adjustment from Villers, uh, being able to turn around the agility and, and the hand eye coordination to see that ball, the placement was beautiful. Villers was able to for a touchdown. Just everything went right for Auburn in that play. 
focused on the Umi Tatuo uh, brothers. They were uh, really not exactly uh, the stars of the show tonight. Akaturo's line tonight, 12 for 15, 219 yards, two touchdowns against two very fluky interceptions. Uh, as an efficiency first passer, he has put on a clinic tonight, allowing his receivers to make plays, uh, get the rack up yards after the catch, yak him up. It's yak been crazy up. what he's been able to do. Well, as we heard, here comes the sun for three seconds. Here comes the <laughs> kickoff going deep. Perez, almost like he's competing against himself. And you can see Vincent Catano was upset. He couldn't get a return. The Islanders have really yet to have a big return. I think a bigger factor than it might, it might seem like because the field position battle has been absolutely dominated by the Ravens. And when the Islanders did have good field position, they capitalized. They had the turnover early in the game, uh, Max Taylor, and they got a touchdown off of that. They had the, the pick six, obviously, in the first possession. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of high school football is really won in those hidden yards in the kicking games. Coaches love to sp stress special teams because, in reality, that's what wins games. They say that special teams can only lose you games. It's wrong. You can absolutely win a game with great special teams. The Islanders so far have managed. Uh, Garrett Rogan has two kick returns, but nothing else. Here goes Spencer Kornblum now looking down the middle of the field, and it's going to connect number 13, Addison King there. Maybe a future duo. They're both juniors, so next year we'll be seeing a lot of first down strikes like that between those two players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kornblum able to find the spot in the defense where that where that little post route was actually going to be open. Um, he he got him in stride, and it was just a pretty play. Good throw. Kornblum has Katano uh, to his left. Going to take the pass. Look down the middle of the field again, oh. once again for King. This time. Almost a mirror image of last play goes just out through the hands of King, and that will bring up second and ten from the 37-yard line with 9.23 to go in the fourth quarter. Kornblum's ability in, granted, a very small sample size to read the middle of the field has been uh, really outstanding. Uh, shorter quarterbacks like him, guys on the shorter side, can struggle with seeing over the offensive line and being able to get good reads in the middle of the field. But he's really punched above his weight class in that regard. He hasn't been so great uh, throwing sideline to sideline on the outbreaking routes and screens that make up most of the Mercer Island offense. But, you know, those clear-out plays over the middle, he's been uh, accurate. Kornblum once again jogging back to pass. Going to be a pass first offense the rest of the way for Katano trying to show off a little bit here in this fourth quarter of action. He makes one man miss and gets a few yards, bring up a third down and maybe third down and, oh, I guess they're going to say he didn't get anything. Maybe he uh -oh. set that out of bounds. Oh, no, no, no. They're going to move it forward. There we go. He'll move it up, give him just a couple, but enough. Uh, to move the quarterback, Spencer Kornblum, over 100 yards in his Mercer Island football debut. 100 yards on the air, through the air. 8 for 18, 102 pass yards, no scores, and an interception. It's also the first catch of the day for Vincent Catano. It seems we also have a player down here for Auburn. Oh, no. Man, the injury bug has been yeah. biting tonight. I think a lot of that stems from, obviously, it's a lot of these guys' first game in two years. Right. All right. Oh, you're right. So so knocking knocking and the rust off 
and maybe not not always being in playing shape because obviously in practice they're not going to be practicing in full pads because obviously that that would yeah. risk injury. So when you're not really in as best playing shape, you're you you're going to see what you've seen here today, folks, which is. I would I would wager like what six seven players uh, on both sides have yeah. been injured at this point. Yeah, it's been ugly. And in high school, you know, it's not like we have NFL players that are coming back year after year. Most of these players are starting their first ever game. Yeah, on, I mean, it's either your first ever game or your last ever game. That's yeah. you know, you in your year, you get injured. It's it's over. The reality is that's it. And it. It's it's so interesting, you know, when you watch the NFL, you see guys in pads, but when you're looking out in the numbers, you see your friends, some people you see in the hallway, some people you you have math class with. So. Some people you know you need to see in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tuesday. No, well, yeah, Labor well, Tuesday. Day. Labor Day weekend. You guys enjoy Labor Day weekends. Uh, well. Let's see if the Islanders can labor through this drive. Maybe. Yeah, that wasn't good. Sorry, guys. Back in action are the Islanders. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Spencer Kornblum. In the shotgun, he's got four receivers out wide. Catano to his left once again. Going to be a blocker as Cornblum is going to look to pass down the middle. A high pass, incomplete there. Number 41, the linebacker breaks up the pass there. That's Marcus Rivera. Yeah, solid defensive play by Rivera. A lot of the times you see these uh, run-heavy fronts whenever their linebackers are dropping back into coverage. It can sometimes end up on cringe compilations faster than highlight reels, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's but you know that was a solid defensive play, solid defensive play made by a linebacker in coverage, uh, and you know for a guy in high school who I don't imagine has been asked to do a lot of that, it's you know you're reminded just how good of an athlete you need to be to step onto a football field. Cornblum eight of nineteen on the night. He's been taking a lot of shots downfield into contested windows, but he's he sh- definitely showed off his arm, and he's going to be the future quarterback for this Mercer Island team, no doubt about it. As we hope Eli Faye is okay, obviously. And a pass down the middle. Enough for the first down there on a fourth and six. Caught there by number 18 that time, Callum Near, who's had himself a pretty good game, McLean. Callum Near had a touchdown in the first half that really seemed like a vital touchdown at the time for Mercer Island. And uh, gets yeah. another reception there. Yeah, he's really, uh, that touchdown and that fourth down, he's a guy who's really coming in the clutch, you know. When the touchdown, Callum Near will perform. Corn Bloom still in the shotgun, looks to his offensive coordinator for the first time and throws it out right to Jack Derner. Let's see if he can get back involved. He gets pushed right away onto his own sideline at the 38-yard line and shrugs a little bit there as he finally gets, you know, the first catch he's had in a while for the Islanders. He's had a great night nearing the 100-yard mark. Yeah, that takes him to 97. He just, oh, they uh, gotta get another screen to him. Past Garrett Rogan on the yardage leaderboard. Uh, that, by the way, uh, marks the new quarterback, Spencer Kornblum's 10th completion in his debut. And he was finally able to, you know, uh, connect with the team's number one receiver in Jack Darner. Four receivers once again out, right, out wide. Looks like we're going to have an extra man running here for the defense as Kornblum fires it in. A great catch there as he was hit hard by number 14, Nick Fuchs. So Fuchs, I believe that's his first reception of the game, and he took a licking but held on to the ball. That's one of the things I've never understood about football, how these players can get so hard right down the middle of the field and hang on to it. Great job there by Nick Fuchs. I mean, that's that's where has this been all all second half? I mean, we're, we're, what we're seeing here, folks, 
is a slow, methodical, accurate, surgical drive. I think he's finally settled in a little bit, and he's being able to show off his talent now. As Kornblum fires down the middle, once again has a target. Here go the Islanders churning away, getting now across the 10-yard line to the 9. That was number 18, Callum Near. Once again, he's been racking up a lot of catches here late in this game. 7.50 to go, 49-21. The Islanders can definitely look to get some offense going. This is almost like the, the, the preseason in a way, mm. getting ready for next year and maybe in the future for Spencer Kornblum this season. Yeah, and Spencer Kornblum has been in a real nice groove as of late. He's really found his rhythm. He's been great. He's been pinpointing. Fires wide open for the touchdown. That's Addison King. See that connection a lot. And one last, oh my, am I before the night is over? I mean, finally, you see, you see Cornblum step up and read the field accurately and did it for an entire drive. It was great design. That wide entire open. drive by the offense, by our offensive core. They really attacked the little spot. Is good there, so 49-28 now with 7.21 to go in the ballgame. And the first touchdown of Addison King's young career. It may prove to be too little too late, but I guarantee you it was a great moment for the youngster, able to hook up with his junior classmate, or with his sophomore uh, compatriot in... Yeah, Spencer, Spencer Kornblum's Kornblum. only a sophomore. He's got plenty of work ahead. This kid's 15 yeah. years old. That is impressive stuff. When I was 15 years old, I was playing Fortnite. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> I was 15 years old, man. I was here. I was calling football games. Oh, yeah. That is, I was too, but yeah. I wasn't out there playing. And that's oh, my gosh. Definitely. That would have been that would have been our, what, early sophomore year? Well, yeah, that's, it was yeah, like right before Cornwall. we all went to COVID. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That, Think about that. Can you guys believe it's been no two idea. years? These kids have no idea what it was like for us. We're going to be telling our – this is a total aside, but in yeah. 50 years, I don't know if we're going to remember anything about when we were – in high school besides this this yep yeah well not this because we are slowly making our way back here the fans still you know it's almost like two years they're trying to make up for it by staying every last minute we still have a lot of fans here in the student section the band still here it's noise as samir lumba with another little squib kick and it hits a player for the ravens but it's picked up there Behind by number three for the Ravens. That is Nick Roberts, the first time we're calling his name tonight, the 5'6 junior. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're, they're winning the field position again, guys, and we're just getting we're just getting ready for formalities at this point. But you're, you're, you're good. What, what you are going to be able to see in this these last seven or so minutes is kind of getting the youngsters ready, you know, getting them some playing time, maybe getting a couple of the starters uh both arrested as well as trying to get them game ready for next week. Yeah, I'm still a lot of seniors here, but a couple of underclassmen have come in off the bench for the Islanders. And it's going to be a run down the middle to Rooms. Maybe a one-yard gain there. They'll give it to him. So it's a second and nine with seven minutes left to go in this ball game. And I guess to sort of shift the discussion here, 
Uh, I do. I do. Before the broadcast is over, I want to talk about the Umi Tuato brothers, uh, just because, especially, um, especially Thad. Thaddeus, when I was watching him today, he reminded me of Earl Campbell. Wow. I mean, just the speed, the power, just all the bodies trying to wrap him up and him getting out of it almost every single time. It looked like he was shrugging people off today. I remember watching him play, Earl Campbell. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, the old Houston Oilers, man. So, once again, Peyton... Akaturo, he's taking every snap but one, and he's going to take it on the keeper this time, moving to the left. Not a track star, but he's a, a big player, and oh, wow, look at that. Number 70, Griffin King got in the way as he came back off the sideline. A little cheeky cheap shot there from... Uh, from a um, bit of chirping, bit of chirping. Extracurricular activities, if you King. will. 6.25 left to go. Third down, five yards to go. For the Auburn Riverside Ravens, who, if they get this first down, can maybe run this clock all the way down on this drive here. It's going to be a handoff down the middle to Rooms. He's on the right-hand side. He's taken down a great tackle there by Nick Fuchs, who's had a really great game. We've been calling his name a few times. The outside linebacker, the junior, makes the stop, and that'll bring up a fourth and five, and we expect the punt unit to come on here for Auburn Riverside. That is a great defensive stand by the Islanders. The linebacking core in particular were able to fly to the football, able to wrap up, make solid tackles, and not get shrugged off, you know? They were able to stop what was essentially a clock-kill offense, but still, you know, for a front that had been mauled all night, that's an achievement for the Islanders. Here goes Perez on his own 25, getting ready to punt it away. Garrett Rogan. The deep man ready to receive this punt. He's standing on the opponent's 25. Perez, a high kick to track it. Oh, excuse me, number 22, Chase Shavey, the punt returner. He's going to pick it up at the 30-yard line and backpedal to the 33. He got twisted around the wrong way, and he decided, I'm just going to go backwards, get a few yards there, and that's where Spencer Kornblum will come back. All right, I'm going to do something that I told myself in my head I wouldn't do. 5.15 to go. Quick score. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Quick score, 49-35. So you're saying three, quick touch stop. three touchdowns quick stop. right now. Quick that score. That onside kick is going to have to be there. Quick stop, quick score, quick stop, quick score. That's like at least 80 points right there. <laughs> at <laughs> least. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Lumba, the legend, is 0 for 3 onside kicks on the night. Who knows? But who knows? The, the Lumber Raider could, uh, could make something happen later in this game. Maybe. I mean, we I'm don't have now. we don't have that much to go. Although that was a screen pass to the left side yeah. for the folks a at nice, home. A nice eight yard gain there on first down and ten. So second and two on the Islanders' forty-one yard line. Five oh eight to go now. With that, by every the way, second counts. Garrett Rogan is over hundred yards on the day. The first wow, Islanders you receiver. Think Rogan, of the new season. Rogan and Derner are probably gonna have to. Have a discussion about that if if over. We'll see here. He ends up on the far side. Excuse me, the near side. Cornbloom has looked his way once so far. He's gonna look his way again here on a screen pass. Here goes Derner pushing his way forward, and there you go, Jack Derner also over the 100 oh, yard mark. Oh, did he mark. fumble? Oh, uh -oh. they're gonna call him down. There was a bit of a scrum there, and it will be Islanders. Ball. All right, there you go, Derner held on to it. 
And there you have it. Two receivers over the 100-yard mark, two quarterbacks over the 100-yard mark. How many times could you say that? Yeah, that's definitely not something that you see very often. Uh, both both quarterbacks, 10 completions and 150, and two receivers over 100 with uh, six catches apiece. So this, this offense has a lot of different ways to be effective. And they put up 28 points this game, or I should say 21 because of the Espinoza interception. But they, they've looked, looked pretty good so far as Kornblum's going to fire it. A high pass caught by Addison King there on first and 10. And it's going to be a nine-yard, nine-and-a-half-yard gain there. So it'll be second and inches on the Auburn Riverside 41-yard line. So the Islanders have it second down and one. On the 41, down 49 to 28. Now 4.15 left to go in the ballgame. I mean, you're just seeing the middle of the field getting worked here in these closing minutes. Uh, really smart reading from, uh, from Kornblum. And accurate, accurate pass. Good call uh, to go on the crossing route over the middle of the field. Yes, Kornblum has showed the fundamentals of a smart quarterback in this small sample. Here goes Kornblum now, evading some defensive linemen. He's going to make a quick pass over to the left-hand side. Intended for Addison King, I believe, and it's going to be incomplete. Great defense there. This Riverside secondary has been pretty good so far, making sure to keep out most of the big plays. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, Kornblum started the day, uh, started the second half. It was not pretty, but in these past two drives, you've really been seeing him settle down, being able to read the field in a calmer manner, and deliver as accurately as he can. Um, he he provides actual optimism in, in these closing minutes. Obviously, the beginning was ugly, and you don't like that that is in him. But these past closing minutes of, you know, being, uh, being smarter, being more accurate, uh, you know, attacking the middle of the field, it's, it's, it's working. And you yeah. really think uh, this is encouraging for Mercer Island football moving forward. You got to consider, though, the nerves that kid had to have had moving forwards, you know, backing up the only other quarterback on the roster, knowing that he was going to get, you know, kind of thrown into the fire it in a me varsity of game. Justin Herbert when he got out there for the first time. Definitely. Not oh, to mention, yeah. this kid also probably had his first day of like high school ever this yeah. week. All last year was online. This kid probably walked into the building. For and he's a sophomore, yeah. ain't he? Yeah, he's a sophomore. He probably he walked into the building. for like two weeks and thought that was real school. Then he got... This week in the halls, and there was thousands of kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's got to be a lot running through the boy's head. I was a Corn Bloom and I go back to elementary school, and he was a good football player then. So they've got they've got a future. I can tell you that. I will take your and word. And Fahey for it. was there too. West Mercer Elementary School is a two factory. I'll tell you that. West Mercer Elementary NFL factory. Yeah. You know? Question mark. Yeah, no. I, I'm seeing a lot of lot of players out there from my. Uh, my second grade class, I can tell you that much. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I could say the same thing about Lake Ridge. I'm not going to, but I could. Yeah, well, because Lake Ridge isn't as good. As Kornblum takes the snap and passes it, a quick pass over to the left-hand side to Davis Johnson. Gets through on a third and one, and it's going to be enough for the first down and plenty more, and he gets it down to the 35-yard line. Three minutes, 40 seconds left to go here in this ball game. You know... As you know, I'm starting to get a little nostalgic, guys, because I think for for not as much for me, but especially for you guys, uh, you two, you know, grew up here, right? And me, who, who's been here for a, a sizable amount of time, being seniors now and seeing our classmates out there on the field, you yeah. know. I always remember thinking, like, oh, one day I'm going to be a senior seeing my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
It is. We're getting somber here on 88.9. Getting old. (laughs) Getting old, man. Man. And we're watching kids three years younger than us go out there and sling the ball around like we've seen with Spencer Kornblum. He's been very impressive. Oh, yeah. McLean, give us Kornblum's stat line thus far in the game. So far, 17 for 28, 216 yards, one score and one pick. I would not be mad about that, that's for sure. Especially for his first start, like you guys have said, underclassmen. For his first start, being thrown into the fire like that, he's done great. And he's also established a good rapport with Garrett Rogan. You know, he uh, hit him. That timing on that wheel route was, you know, impeccable as a safety. I hated watching that, you know, because I knew I would have got destroyed by that. (laughs) (laughs) Kornblum has Vincent Catano to his left. Four receivers. The usual suspects recently. Ooh. And a great pass inside. Wow, what a tight window to Davis Johnson down the middle. And they're going to call maybe a targeting penalty because the safety came in hot. But Davis Johnson did a great job. I mean, that that was just the key. Th- that was the key way to throw that throw. It was in just the tiniest windows between the linebacker, the defensive back, and the safety crashing down from his spot. I yeah. mean, my gosh, you can't throw you can you can't throw in a tighter window. That was just great timing from Kornblum. He couldn't have walked that ball into that spot more accurately. That thing was put right where it needed to be, and it is extremely rare to see that on a high school field. Spencer Kornblum, if Eli Fahey does have to miss any considerable amount of time, knock wood. Spencer Kornblum will keep this team watchable. Number fourteen. Nick, Nick Fuchs checking in on offense. He's been a, a very good defensive player. He has a reception this game. And Kornblum will send Fuchs out to the left-hand side along with Addison King. Derner, the lone man on the bottom of the screen. Or screen. <laughs> Near side of the field. Near side of the field. on the television. It's a quick pass outside. A great pass to number 16, Davis Johnson. And he gets into the end zone for a touchdown. Touchdown, Islanders. Oh, my, am I a late score. Thought it was going to be the last one a few minutes ago, but there you go, another score. And look at the score now, 49-34, and a Samir Lumba extra point away from making it just a two-touchdown game. And all I'm saying, two onside <laughs> kicks, you never know. You I mean, you do know. love to see it, don't you? Kornblum kind of slipping back on his back foot, flips it out to the right sideline, and is able to get... Um, to get number 16, Davis Johnson, on the out route, able to turn up field and get that touchdown. By the way, big hit on that on that little corner of the end zone. He still ended up making making it in. It was a great play. Cornbloom throws a, throws a touchdown pass and then is right there to hold for Samir Lumba, who knocks it through. He's five for five on extra points. It's 49-35. Samir, so save your cap on the season. Five of five extra points. It's, it is a foregone conclusion with this kid. By the way, Davis Johnston turned from a you know relatively unknown uh, junior wide receiver to a guy putting 671 slash line on the stat sheet And a touchdown. With a touchdown. 19 fantasy points. Yeah. Well, if you're playing PPR, that's 19. Yeah, that's... I'll there take that. Definitely. 19 will play in any league. Yeah. 
He's the Islanders' fourth leading receiver on the day after Callum Neer and, of course, Derner and Rogan. But he's really, you know, established himself as one of the go-to guys in this offense. It's, uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play his way into some more snaps based on his performance tonight. So Kornblum gets his second touchdown pass of the night. And Eli Faye had two of his own. So that's four touchdown passes to go along with the Alex Espinoza interception, which seems like an eternity ago on the first drive of the game. And here goes Samir Lumba, an intentional onside kick this time around. But it's going to be a timeout called for the Auburn Riverside Ravens. Let's say hypothetically, this is let's take this as seriously as we can on this onside kick because uh-huh. you never know what can happen in uh-huh. football. You guys aren't onside kick experts. What are you looking for for Samir Lumba and the unit to try and get this onside kick? Top of the ball. Got to kick the top of the ball. Got to get lucky and get that big hop out of the ball. Got to run under it. You really got to run under it and then just catch it. Well, uh, can you pray the rosary in 30 seconds? Uh, <laughs> I, I think one thing that's interesting is in high school football, it's not you don't have a sure-handed guy that's automatically going to get the ball like maybe you do in the NFL. Yeah. This is the ball bounces around. We already saw it on a fumble earlier. We've seen a lot of kickoffs almost go into the hands of Mercer Island. So Samir Lumba trots on out there talking to his teammates. You can see Derner, Xander Peck, number 21, Cy Pipovet and... Cy Pipovet, that's a member of our radio program right there. Oh, Award talk- winner, too. An award winner. Let's see if it's going to go to the opposite side. Samir Lumba getting ready for this onside kick. Puts his right hand in the air. Takes a few steps, and it kicks it up. It gets a high bounce and a great job there by number 13. That's Jace Villers to go high. Jace. And think about that. You have to be aggressive. That's the tricky thing with onside kicks. You have to be aggressive, go for the ball, and that's exactly what Villers did. And, Villers, um, he actually broke uh, one of the rules of kickoffs on that. You're not supposed to reach above your head. You he know? did, and he went for and it. He and he did, got and it. he went for it, and, and it, paid it worked. Off. Yeah. A gamble paying off for who's been the Riverside Ravens' leading receiver of the day. Five catches, 97 yards, and a score in an efficient offense. It's Jace Villers has really, you know... Garnered some attention tonight. Here goes Peyton Akaturo, the quarterback, still in the game. It's going to be a, a pass quickly to the outside to Andrew Butler. It was a little screen pass. They're going to say, yeah, they're going to say it was a fumble on that. So the uh, the receiver Butler kind of put his hands on his head after dropping the pass. Didn't realize it was a backwards pass, and now it makes it second down and fifteen for. The Ravens with 2 minutes, 30 seconds left to go in this opening night action for Mercer Island, a non-district game. They haven't started Kinko play yet, but when they do, they, they've shown some sparks and they've shown definitely some things to improve on. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised Akatura is still out there. Honestly, honest. me too. You know, up two scores, I would imagine the backup quarterback could probably run the clock kill at just as good as the starter, if not better. Make that three know. scores, McLean. I don't know. Three scores? Ah, I'm not good at math. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, never was the best at math, and I guess this is why I'm not a head coach. Hmm. Actually, I think I'm actually worse at math. I'm doing the math right now. and uh, That was two scores? That was I knew two it. scores. I knew it. I got slandered on the radio. <laughs> I'm <Man>. so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It happens to the best of us. That's all right. All right. <laughs> so we got a timeout on the field, and 
I'm guys, I'm really impressed. Andrew McClain, we've got a lot of fans still here. Yeah, Islander Nation, Islander Faithful are really turning up. They do not let their football team down. And they haven't let the band down either. The band have been great, and the rooting section has been, you know, here for the for the tunes all night. Yeah, that really does add another another, another layer. Yeah, yeah, another dimension to especially because our band is so good nights. too. True. Yeah, we've got the best, the best of the best, the MI band. And you can hear them, I believe, two two Sundays from now uh, uh, at Seahawks Lumen Field. Opener. At Lumen Field against the Tennessee Titans, you can hear them at halftime. With Macklemore. So that's that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool in it's my definitely opinion. Definitely worth tuning in to. Maybe you know can't hold us. That's I remember that one back in the day. They've mm-hmm. got some trumpets there. That's I know that, that Mercer Island band performs that sometimes. So that's something to look forward to as we got a minute thirty four left to go in this ball game. Forty nine thirty five, a third down and nine after a quick carry by the Ravens. I Minute assume 23 still to go. Akaturo is just going to try to hand this off down the middle to Carson Rooms, which he does so, and Rooms gets taken down by the legs and actually pushes through and finally meets number 22. That's Chase Shavey making the tackle. I mean, they've just been shaking off the Mercer Island defenders all night. I mean, you can see that Mercer Island, they're trying to tackle low, which is where you want to tackle, uh, just being able to wrap up the defenders. But they've just been shaken off all day long. Uh, I, I think if they work on that and they prepare themselves uh, in that manner for next game, I think the defense will you know, be getting a, a few more stops and a little less yards after, yards after contact. Film room is going to be ugly on Tuesday when the team comes back. Not a single person got away with a mistake. Looks they like, all had consequences. It looks like the Ravens are going to try to maybe go for it here on fourth and, and fourth and three. It's kind of a unique situation. There's 23 seconds left to go. Oh, and they were going to go for it. They call a timeout and bring out the punt unit. So with that... P- p- but why would they do this? Why would they be so unnaturally mean like this? I don't understand. They're just just teasing the Islanders, but Chase Shavey goes back there to return the kick. He's talking to the referee, so I don't know what's going on there. I'll have to ask him in math class on Tuesday. Uh, I don't know. Maybe something. Maybe the punter like had an injury scare on the sideline or something. Paper cut. They needed to call a timeout, <laughs> get him out there. Perez takes the low snap, kicks it high and away with 20 seconds left to go and counting in this game. A little block in the back there by number 14 as Chase Shavey makes a man miss. This play isn't going to count, but Chase Shavey takes it on the right-hand side across the 30. Another juke finally out of bounds. and Laundry still flying. It's a yellow towel yeah, party yeah. on the field. Kind of, uh, kind of the best return on the day, too. Oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> but it helps when you get a, a block in the back there by Nick Fuchs. Oh, for sure. But, you know, it's all right. It's all right. High school, you know, there was obviously a chance that that call might have gotten missed. It's special teams. There really are no rules. Just don't do anything illegal. You know how special teams goes. Yeah. Well, we've got 10 seconds left to go. You can see the, the student section and the uh, the cheer team clapping increasingly rapidly. I don't even know how to explain that, but yeah, still they've been out to be here. here. Still yeah. excited to be here. The band, you can see them on the track. They're having a uh, having a great time. And um, Looks like we've got some news. Looks like news. <laughs> um, so, first and ten on 
The still waiting on the spot. We're gonna have to see. Oh my god! It's late for the refs too. But 10 seconds left. 10.4 left to go. You'd assume it's just gonna be one snap. So I guess we'll just take it right in here as this last snap goes. One question for each of you: What are you guys looking forward to, Andrew McLean, going into next week's game? Because the Islanders, they still have a long season ahead. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that if you're Coach Ed Sledginger, you want them to improve on the most? I'm going to say uh, new quarterback Spencer Kornblum's rapport with his receivers. Having a full week of practice, get them on the same page, get all the receivers used to catching balls from Kornblum, that could be huge for this offense. I mean, that not, o- not only that, but I think mostly just drilling into the players um, – Run defense. Run defense, run defense, run defense. And Vince Catano just took a, a nice little run outside to the uh, to the 13-yard line, so yeah. a five-yard gain there attempt for to get the, a, with five attempt, seconds left. Six seconds. Yeah. An attempt to get the playmaker the ball in some space, but honestly, it's all too little too Listen, late. score so. a touchdown in one second, onside kick, then score another touchdown in a second. If, you, if we just move at the speed of light, yeah, it's possible. we'll make it. One second. Well, if uh, Garrett Rogan, Garrett Rogan's on the field, you never know. Oh yeah, he's fast. He's fast. Maybe he could like take one of those like Miami Miracle things. All right, Cornblum with another quick pass this time outside to Jack Derner. Derner gonna stay in bounds. Point one, and with that, that's gonna wrap it up. The final buzzer sounds, and it was a very hard fought game by the Islanders. It opened up with a, a really a spark. Uh, on the defensive around. side, Alex Espinoza, the Espinoza Express, we're calling him on this team. 49-35, the final score. The Islanders really put in a good fight. You have to give them a lot of respect. And uh, McLean, Andrew, any final thoughts? They hung around. Mercer Island hung around. Uh, the score got pretty the close final at the score end. got pretty close at the end. I would like to credit Spencer Bloom for that. Uh, really punched above his weight, keeping this team competitive. I, I mean, we knew, we knew that these Ravens were going to put up points, and we knew that the defense was good. But to be able to go out and score 35 on a team that's historically had a little trouble with the ball moving, very impressive work by the young Cornblum. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was nice. Um, that second half was definitely not pretty. Uh, the, the Mercer Island defense just kept digging and digging and digging themselves a hole. And, and the offense just wasn't doing any favors until it really didn't matter anymore. I mean, what, I think what Mercer Island really needs to focus on is putting the shovel down when <laughs> you're digging your grave. And um, I think they'll be able to do that. I think they'll be able to bounce back next week. Um, this is, the hope, hope is definitely not all lost here for the Islanders. Uh, as, they, as hopefully uh, a couple of the injuries that we had today, hopefully they were only for the week. Uh, no, nothing hopefully... Uh, season ending um, hopefully as they get some of the guys back healthy we'll be able to be a little more positive when we're doing this next time yeah yes. Islanders put up a great fight against tough opponent next week will be must listen yeah. tune in be there 88.9 the bridge alright with that we're going to wrap it up for Andrew Pearson McLean Hopkins Scott Pirak back in the studio Sophie Prock Sophie Cartwright and our teacher, Joe Bryan, of course. I'm Gabe Gottesman. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.